0: Hi, this is Don Coscarelli, director of Phantasm, the Beastmaster, Bubba Hotep, and you're listening to Without Your Head.
1: Of decapitation without your head. I'm nasty Neil,
0: and that would make me terrible Troy. Mm
1: hmm. This is the last live show before Boston Underground Film Festival 2019, so we're gonna have some guests on tonight to talk about it. First up, we have Sophia cacciola Hi. And hello, and Michael oh, Epstein. I'm Hey. Welcome. It's always good to have you guys on. Yeah.
2: Thanks. So it's always good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: New England premiere of Clickbait. Now, you guys had the movie at, at various uh, festivals, but is it any different to have it at Boston Underground Film Festival?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Boston's kind of our home. Like, they encouraged us too much. <laughs> like, I kind <laughs> of blame them for us making a lot of movies. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I mean, we uh were first there in like 2011 with a music video and then every year since for a while we had like a music video or a short and then finally we made a feature and they were kind enough to program it <laughs> and now they've programmed all of our features since. So, it'll be interesting to see it with like basically a hometown audience now and like a bunch of people that want to see what we've been up to since we left Boston.
2: Yeah, and they've been just so tremendously supportive of uh of us and they're great i mean it's not just us they're actually tremendously supportive of uh you know re- regional and local filmmakers um and they really know how to blend kind of a national reputation with giving opportunities to people in the area and i think that's like the magic of a festival like this that is really hard to capture we've been to a lot of different fests and and um you know you sort of think like well, well boston seems like the best because it's you know, it's from, it's where we started. It was our, you know, our hometown, but really, um, it stands out among, I mean, there are lots of great festivals, but it really does stand out, uh, mm-hmm. among the, the, the kind of sea of festivals that are out there. And I, and I think people from other cities often say like, Oh, you know, I, when I played Boston Underground, that was like one of the best experiences I had. I was treated really well and met all kinds of interesting people. And like, they really do a good job facilitating the experience of filmmakers. They're very good audience. at
1: parties too. Yeah. So. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> So it's a really fun. Last, thing. Everybody should go, basically.
1: I agree. Last year was my first one, and I, I picked a, a great one to uh, go to. Cause I had a great time. You know, Like I said, not just watching the movies, which is awesome, but uh, afterwards, everyone gets together and has great parties. People make the movies. People are watching the movies. People put the, the show together. Uh, everyone's interacting. It's so having a good time.
3: Yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to it. It's been a couple of years since we've been to it, so... Yeah.
2: You know, for sad. <laughs> yeah, we, the last two years we've been on social media watching everybody pop like yeah. we're, we're in tears like yeah. you know missing the experience of it and um you know jealous of everybody and the
3: programming is always so good so i'm very excited about uh, multiple things this year so
2: mm-hmm. i uh, think uh, yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i think clickbait's the only one i've seen have uh, you guys seen any of the other uh, the films or shorts that, that are uh, – well, I think you were I've, part of another one.
2: I've seen a lot of the short – or a handful of the shorts anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I've seen any of the features. No, definitely not. But I've been looking forward to Tone Deaf, which is um
3: Ricky Bates' new movie. And he had a movie that played Buff when we did Blow the Trip Is at Buff, Fire, And we just loved it so much and we loved Ricky so much that we met him at the festival. And so this is his follow-up, and we're really, really excited to check it out. So I'm excited that they have it. It just premiered at South by Southwest. So this is, like, the next screening, I feel like. Yeah, it is the second So that's effect, really yeah. awesome. And then Travis Stevens has, he's, like, a producer that's been to Buff a ton, and we've met him a bunch, and so he has his directorial debut. So we're also really excited about that. The Girl on the Third Floor, I think it's called, something, yeah, something like close that. that? Yeah, something close to that, yeah. Yeah, so those are the two features that I know. And, like, the opening night is the Hail, Satan documentary. So like, that don't to, but, like those are just like the features on my radar, you know, and then there's a bunch
2: more that look awesome. So yeah, generally we just trust yeah. them. The, yeah. If they programmed it, it's going to be interesting. And like, so, you know, sometimes movies aren't things that I like, but it's always, they're always programming stuff that's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's difficult. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's worthwhile. Like they always choose, they, they make a great program. They put together things that you should experience. And um, I think the audience really trusts them. I mean, they did a Kickstarter campaign. They do it every year. Though, like, they do it every year, but they did it, and they ran the whole campaign without announcing a single film yeah. and got funded. You know, So it's like all these people know that whatever they program, they trust them, it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. You yeah. mentioned the, the girl on the third floor, and uh, fellow wrestling fans like my, like myself, uh, if people don't know, who are listening? Uh, C. M. Punk is in that, so I'm yeah. really looking forward well, to that.
3: Just looked at that. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody that, else told me that, and I was like, "What?" <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, yeah that And was he's also in Rat, Rabbit, which won't be playing there, but it's coming up. The yeah. Twins remake.
3: Uh, we're
2: looking forward to that
4: as well. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. yeah.
3: Maybe it's a yeah. secret screening. There's a secret midnight screening. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't think it's. I think
1: it's
3: still in. Yeah. Done yet.
1: yeah. <laughs> so you said 2011 was uh, the first when you guys had uh, a music video there. Was that the first thing that you 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 made together, like creatively?
2: It wasn't even our. Uh, it it actually preceded our like directing. It was a music video for our band, "Do Not Forsake Me, Oh My Darling," that um th- this guy Ted Cormie directed for us. He worked. You know, we we were involved in it maybe more than, more more than <laughs> no. He's he's great. He was probably like, okay, you're involved yeah. enough. No, he's uh, uh Ted Ted is really awesome and he worked really really hard. For like two years we worked on making this video that was a recreation of the opening sequence of The Prisoner. Um, and so that was what played it buffed yeah. initially. And it was really fun because we, you know, that was part of what got us, doing those, that music video and some other stuff around that time, was really what got us into filmmaking. So mm-hmm. you know, that experience of, Yeah, so
3: that was kind of our first film festival I think I ever went to maybe. what like yeah, film festival would I have gone to? I, think that's, I think that's probably true. I think that's probably it. It was that year and the, and it was buff, so. And then we saw how cool it was, and I'm like, wow! <laughs> so the next year we submitted—I forget which music video was. The next yeah. year we definitely
2: submitted one, and we were we were back. I think we made. A, I think we might have made our own uh, "Darling Pet Monkey" video yeah. for the next year, and that played there. And then we had something uh, essentially every year, except for maybe the last two we didn't. But yeah. the, uh, up until we moved, we—you oh, know—when okay. we were living in Boston, we always had something every year. They were kind enough to to give us some time to yeah. show people our weirdness.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, how did you how did you two meet to to work together creatively, and uh, were you doing that before you became uh, before you started dating and got married and everything?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I moved to Boston when I was seventeen, and I started going to. I had I had a book that said that like Bob Dylan and Joan Baez like performed at Club Pass Team in Harvard Square, <laughs>
4: okay.
3: and so, so I got a job like right next door to Club Pass Team, and I started going every <laughs> Tuesday night to the open mic. And there are a bunch of regulars that I'm still friends with to this day, but Michael was one of the regulars that was going every Tuesday night. And so like we just really fell in love with each other's music. And then, uh, and he helped me record like in his bedroom, like long before we were dating um
2: nothing creepy nothing creepy no
3: i like kind of <laughs> thought i was gonna be murdered because like i lived all the way in medford and he lived all the way in jp and i had to like this was the first time i took the orange line and i was like oh i'm going to jp to be murdered by this dude i met <laughs> like whatever and uh so anyway i started a band he had like joined my band and then like a few years later we were like pretty much had pushed every other opportunity for love away or forced upon each other. So we were
2: stuck together. Yeah. Pretty much we
3: spent every second together doing something creative and it was like, well, this is stupid. We should just be a couple at this point. (laughs) So So, fans and stuff definitely preceded film, and being friends preceded that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How did it go from, uh, from doing music to, to making, uh, shorts and, and, and feature movies?
2: Well, we, uh, uh, the, I think the first music video we did, I was, I played in a band called The Motion Sick. And, and uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how it how Well, whatever it was, we decided we were going to do a music video and we ended up finding a guy named Neil Foreman to kind of take over and direct the music video, uh, for the song called 30 Lives, um, which it, are you, you're probably familiar with uh, the Konami code or Contra. Yeah. 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 Okay so I, I had this ridiculous idea to write this song about like using the the konami code to like spend 30 lives <laughs> with a partner you know like with another person it's sort of a love song so um we did this song called 30 lives and we made a music video for it uh and it was really fun it was like a you know multi-day shoot it was pretty elaborate cost the choreographed, co- dancing. Co- with choreographed <laughs> dancing a lot of people in it you can watch it on the internet still yeah. if you should you choose to see the weird the weird things we did in the and this is like 2006 maybe um and then the song got picked up for uh dance dance revolution games and mm-hmm. so the song and the music video were in a bunch of the games and we we just sort of like realized that wow that music video took us quite a you know it, it was quite successful for us and it took us a lot of places that we couldn't have gotten without the music video having been made so we started thinking about doing one for sophia's band and um it took us a long time to do that yeah because uh, we decided on this elaborate uh yeah. concept for do not forsaken my darling where we'd recreate the opening of the prisoner which is like 70 complicated shots done in london in the 60s in the 60s that we were going to do fancy cars. <laughs> right. somehow
3: we found it all but uh-huh. <laughs> props to
2: our director yeah sure, so that was 10, <laughs> so we did those those two music videos and they were both really successful that one ended up on the time magazine like best videos of the year list um and so that, it was at that point where we said, okay, we really want to keep doing this, but these are very expensive, so we need to just, you know, we have a lot of good ideas for concepts, and we think we can do a lot of them without spending a lot of money. So we just bought some camera gear, and we learned a lot by watching over the oh, shoulders yeah. of the other We know, bugged people. everybody we worked with just yeah. asking a million questions and just observing
3: them creepily. <laughs> so we yeah. figured it out, you know. And, like, I think, like, the DIY ethos of coming from music, like, for me, like, you know, my bands have basically been punk bands where I've, like, taught myself the instruments and taught myself, like, how I wanted to, like, present my words and stuff. So all of that translated very easily to film. It's just like, okay, well, now I'm just going to learn this skill so I can do X, Y, Z with it. And so it's all about just, like, building on the skills. And all that was, like, what we were used to with the band. Like, I learned how to do merch and graphic design and posters and, you know, all that stuff that you have to do to promote.
4: Yeah. So all of that
2: translated so smoothly into film. It's just picking up new skills. Yeah, and when we, you know, we started making shorts as well, and we started doing the 40 uh film project, and just things for fun. And it's actually interesting, I mean, this maybe leads back to, to Buff and everything, the Brattle every year, I think they probably still do it, I, I'm not sure. Um, they were holding a, a trailer competition where they would give you a title and then assign you like certain parameters, and you would make a fake trailer for a movie with that title. And so this is 2012, maybe, or 11, no. 11 or 12. 11, yeah. And um, they did one, it was their 10th anniversary of doing the trailer competition. So they decided to do a film called 10. And um, we just jumped off with that and decided to make a trailer for like a, essentially based on like the 10 Little Indians, the Agatha Christie thing, where there were 10 people and they were being killed off. And there were, um, there was a lot of pig themed things in it. So we made that fake trailer and, um, Ned, who, uh, is one of the, Ned Hinkle, who is one of the guys who runs the Brattle, um, you know, chose ours as like his favorite or his pick or something like that. I can't, I can't remember. remember So we won some award at that thing. And everybody involved with it was like, let's make this movie. Um, and so we foolishly, you know, we thought about it for a little while and then just like the, the dummies we are, we're like, okay, let's let's do it, and that is kind of how we got yeah, we start started. We doing
3: feature films, yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing yeah. the Brattle
2: and Bus. Yeah, so really, it all comes back to the Brattle and the Boston Underground Film Festival as to why we are doing this at all. 100%. So, That's you know, good. so we we feel like we have a, a strong connection to the festival and to the theater, and. um You know, they again they encouraged us too much. Like they could have they could have shut us down early, but yeah,
3: like stop, you should stop and (laughs) go. They were like, (laughs)
2: cool, keep keep making stuff.
1: (laughs) So if if anyone ever does want to stop you two, if you build like a time machine, you can go back to like exactly. Keep us out of the
2: Brattle Theater and Boston (laughs) Underground. Um, But yeah, so no, it's a really special, I mean, like, I know that sounds sort of silly, but it is a really special tie for us, you know, to coming back to here and doing this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, About coming back, you know, and uh, it's also kind of like the end uh, of of, of some things for you, because you're you're renting your house that's there and stuff. So what's that whole uh, feeling like?
3: We're just moving for a second time. because, like we didn't do a good enough job the first time. <laughs> I don't know. Right, right. So yeah, we're just in major yeah.
2: purge mode for anybody. I mean, people may not have context, but we lived in Boston sure. for a really long time and we're involved in the, in the art scene there and, um, decided after, you know, after our third feature that it was, it was time for us to try to pursue filmmaking in Los Angeles, which we had, we did, uh, about two and a half years ago now. And, um, so we're uh we're just back in town settling our life business here, making our final separation from boston but um but we've had a good time in in Los Angeles and we've had good good i mean success is whatever it is, but we we feel like we've we've had good success and good progress at that, and we're happy um doing film out there so uh now we're just kind of getting rid of our last possessions that we're kind of in storage here and and dealing with all of our our business and kind of saying, saying goodbye. I mean, we'll be back here. It's yeah. not, it's not like, mm-hmm. you know. we
3: still have family in the area, so we'll be back. Yeah, yeah. But
2: I lived here 18 it, it, years. I can't, I can never really escape. Right. Yeah.
1: I'm sure they'll let you back too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think legally they can't stop us from coming back. <laughs> well, I'll look into it. Yeah. Believe me, people have tried. There
3: so. was that law, like not that either of us are Native American because we're not, but there was a messed up law that like Native Americans could not go down to Boston Common. <laughs> that
4: was still it on really? the Really?
3: Yeah. I think they like <laughs> finally struck it like down like in like 2007 or something. Yeah. It was, it was a major oh. artist from the Phoenix way back when. But I was like, that
2: is so much. It had up. not been enforced in a long oh, time. Oh, of course. <laughs> it
3: was like on the book. <laughs> Boston <still> uh, <laughs> So like, couldn't yeah. like write a law for us
2: yeah. <laughs> I
1: wonder what like you wonder what, like, the origin of that was. Like, who who thought of that? To, you know, to be a law.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure whoever was was uh, stealing land from Native Americans back in the you know the early days of Boston, and maybe the law never went away. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want petitioning City Hall, and I don't know. I don't know, yeah, I don't yeah. know. messed up. Yeah, well, nice, so, whatever.
1: So in the early days, when you are making the uh, the shorts and the features, did a lot of the people you work with? Did you meet them through Buff?
3: I mean, some of them, absolutely, Um, for sure. Like, Chris Halleck has helped us out a ton, and he's now the programmer for um, the Homegrown Horror Block. I think that's Friday. That's always a really great block. Um, Yeah, and, like, people, like, I think we met Jim McDonough, who's on later, like, at another film event, but then we're like, Jim, submit your movies to Buff. They'll love you, and they have. And so, like, that's really great. And, uh. So we always try to bring everybody yeah. into Buff and, oh, and, yeah. and kind of. And we met Melinda Green through Buff and she was, uh, one of the actors, actors in, uh, Blood of the Tribids. So, you know, it's definitely collaborative. Yeah. <laughs> we actually met Nicole
2: Nicole on um, the controversy before.
3: We met her through Ted, right? Through doing we were our music, videos. Our music yeah. videos. Yeah. She worked
2: with us on one of our music videos. And so she was really cool. And she's one of the, you know, one of the heads of the. I, I forget their exact positions at this point, but I, you know, she's in the top one of the kind of three, mm-hmm. three leaders.
3: And we readers. definitely met Izzy Lee through Bus too. Yeah, and so we worked with Izzy a ton, Um, including in one of the shorts that's playing. Yes, on um, Saturday maybe the Obliteration of Chickens. Michael helped before
2: Assassinat. I can't, I think it's Saturday afternoon or Sunday, or Sunday afternoon. Yeah. No, I think it's Saturday afternoon. I don't remember, but um, which is a cool looking movie. Uh, by uh, Drew Baldock, who did the Taint and Science Team. And he's a good guy, too. I, I like him a lot. Um, a movie that I edited with, uh, worked with Izzy Lee, uh, I edited it. It's kind of a weird... Uh, nihilistic. <laughs> nihilistic ex- existential <laughs> Nonsense strange film <laughs>
4: uh, kind of film yeah.
2: Um, yeah so i edited that and that's uh playing the world premiering before Assassinat this weekend yeah. so that's yeah. cool too yeah but izzy we've worked okay. with on a, a a whole bunch of films and she's awesome um and we met her through the fall well. yeah. yeah so mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's uh that's a sunday at noon
2: sunday at okay. noon okay it's right sunday yeah yeah, yeah 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 well we'll be there whatever whenever it is yeah. we'll, we'll be there
1: yeah 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 i'm looking forward just the name alone is pretty amazing
2: the obliteration of chickens? Yes. Yeah.
3: That's not pretty thing. That's, good that's not a good. <laughs> <a name>, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. It's uh, uh it's fun. I think it's I mean it's like three minutes long. It's uh-huh. definitely weird. Um you can see my, my editing work. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> for for better or worse.
1: Right. Along those lines, which is your favorite part of like uh of the whole creative process?
2: <gasps> a good question.
3: Oh my god. I mean, besides like the initial like this, I've this insane idea, and then like we riff on it. That's always fun. But I just like
2: being upset personally. There's kind of something magical about seeing stuff happen, you know, because you're looking at something on a page the whole time, and you're trying to imagine it in your head, and you're trying to coordinate all the people to show up and do the thing. And then essentially the job, the way we view directing is if we've done our work correctly up to that point. On set, we barely do anything. We just kind of like make sure everybody's standing in the right spot. Um, so that moment when, like, you know, the camera rolls and the people do the scene for the first time, and you're like, this is great. This is what I envisioned, or this is different than I envisioned, but it's also great. Um, there's something really special about that, seeing it like actually alive. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So this might be my second time. Uh, hopefully, the third year, I'll get Troy to come along. Oh. Uh-huh. I think, tomorrow,
2: right? I, I think I can be
0: locked into it. I think it
2: sounds like a it. lot of fun to me. i will
0: just go for the cereal buffet.
2: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's I the Saturday know. morning cartoons, which I struggle. Sophia just can't get up that early. And I don't like cartoons. I, I was know. thinking yeah. the
1: exact same thing, actually. I was like, oh, cause, like the secret strings, like almost midnight and karaoke's like to like two yeah. and nothing. I want to get up? I mean, but it's awesome, though. Not, I did the yeah, it once for Halloween. It was a
2: good Not going to lie. I feel like I have to drag myself out of bed no matter how few hours of sleep I've had because it's always really a fun time. It's just cool to watch, like, a, a lot of our friends who go to buff bring their kids to that, too. So it's kind of cool watching, like, these weird 80s cards. Some of them I remember. You know, some of them are just things that I've never seen before. And i um, watching them with, like, our friends who hang out and watch strange horror movies. And then a bunch of their kids. It's just a really good time. It's a really strange, strange experience. And yeah. uh, it is early in the morning, but it's worth it. Yeah. You can and that, and I like the that Buffalo. they. Sh-
1: and I like that they show the uh, the old um, vintage uh, commercials between them too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Kay- it's uh, Kayla Janice who does the programming for that, I believe, and um, she definitely has a. I, I mean, just I, I I don't know her personally, but I've heard her talking at a variety of things, and I've read some books that she's written, and she just has like an amazing breadth of knowledge of like weirdo stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, like everything, you know, just crazy weirdo movies and, and weirdo <laughs> cartoons. And so it's just like it's kind of a treat to get to see like what kind of crazy nonsense she puts together for that program. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you have a favorite breakfast cereal?
2: I just ate some corn pops today. Yeah, I don't know if they're my, yeah, I guess I, 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 maybe I like corn pops. I don't know. I just uh, like <laughs> So boring. Yeah, that is boring. How <laughs> about Troy? Cause I know
1: he's a big cereal man.
0: I'll, I'll usually, um, well, all time favorite was, uh, Freakies back in this.
4: Oh.
1: oh, yeah.
0: That was like the best cereal ever. Yeah. They, they would just, and the, the characters were great too. But, Right now, it kind of goes between Cinnamon Life and uh, probably Frosted Flakes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Frosted Flakes are a hard to argue with, that's too. That's yeah. That's not... Yeah. Can't go wrong.
1: Freakies, the one that 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 our, our Troy and I's mutual friend, Ron Hex, is that the one that he wrote the song about me? No, that was Quisp,
0: which oh, was, was also okay. another great uh, 70s serial. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That one just freaks me out. The lyrics, because I don't know how they pertain to me.
0: Never argue with the artist; just go along with it.
1: I guess. Oh. <laughs> so, are you bringing Tootstrudels?
2: Well, oh, we um, we we had a uh, <laughs> we tracked down uh, Professor Wolfgang von Tootstrudel, <laughs> and um, he a shipment on the way. And a shipment of of freshly baked toot Strudels is being delivered by the strudel birds for the buff screening so so the first 90 yes some <laughs> some number of it won't be you know you got to get there early if yeah, you want to the strudel. first 90 uh i'll make sure you get some though so. all right but all right. um yeah it's the first time that that we've given Strudels at a screening we have we talked about it so i uh, this again this is for context um our movie clip One of the, I would say, major thematic (laughs) elements is that there are these uh, radioactive self-heating toaster pastries that um, all the characters are kind of making commercials for and and doing stuff for, and they are called Toot Strudels. And uh, so, yeah, so this is going to be the first time ever that Toot Strudels are are distributed to the public, I would say. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very cool. I have to say, I was scolded recently by a guest because he said that I didn't, uh, I didn't bring context to some of my questions. I just assume everyone knows. I'm, I,
2: yeah, no, I'm, I'm not scolding you. I'm just, I'm just. Okay, no, no.
1: I didn't mean you. It was another guest,
2: but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, you know, I just feel like maybe I should, I should. Expand where you know where it needs to be. In my
1: mind, it's just like tooth turtles. That's self-explanatory. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, honestly, they should. They should. That's if embarrassing. They, they could Google it. Yeah, but <laughs> <Well>, they can't. <laughs> it's all <little> crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so tooth turtles are the big product in our film, and you can get T-shirts and and all kinds of stuff. And um, like some people have. I know. Yeah. yeah. I know some people yeah. with tooth turtles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And it, it, it even fits me better now, so that's yeah. very good. Nice. Right.
2: Very exciting.
1: Yes, it well, is very exciting. So I'll be wearing that on well, Wednesday to the uh, the. Uh, I was gonna say toots triddle premiere. With the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would eat the toots. <laughs> I don't know either. That's the thing. But just to
1: have it
2: is all you're really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> it's at your own risk.
1: Yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. I don't know if there's Double
1: a flavor. I don't know if there's the flavor of Toot striddle that, that Troy would be into. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's eggplant. I don't think he'd be into the eggplant. No. Not really. Celery?
2: No. Celery. No,
3: it's <laughs> a <laughs> nuclear <laughs> watermelon.
1: Watermelon is the most. Oh, uh, watermelon. Uh, you it. Yeah, yeah
2: that was watermelon.
4: straightforward,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, radioactive watermelon. <laughs>
1: okay, <laughs> that's that's my favorite
2: guy.
1: <laughs> Oddly enough, that's, that would probably be my least favorite. I'm not a watermelon fan. Yeah, huh? I know
2: what if it's radioactive?
1: <laughs> well that no. You sold it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when you make anything radioactive, I think it's good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps.
1: Yeah. It, it's uh i want to say it's weird, but uh it's got to be the first like uh merchandise tie-in I think to one of your movies.
4: Um,
3: uh, for us, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like magnetic, like which is our sci-fi film had like a company, Magnetostatic Systems, and we would put like their logo and stuff on a lot of like computers, like anything in the movie, we would put it
2: all over and it had a Facebook page and stuff. Yeah, but we like never merged no, anything. There were yeah. no products. Yeah. <laughs> we actually when we made ten, which is uh, like I said, it is kind of a uh, Agatha Christie, you know, ten little Indians and then there were none uh film about, you know, ten people in a mansion, and they're killing each other off. We talked to some people about developing a board game version of it because we're like oh, it'd be clear. so cool to have oh, no, like a nice. you know a yeah. board game murder mystery kind of yeah, clue-ish but like something you know more related to the yeah. movie. Um, and we did a, did a little design of it. We talked about that. We talked about doing a zero uh, play. Um, like those, like like the old Sierra games, uh, or like Mainland yes, Vincent. I just talked about oh. them recently. Yeah. yeah, we were just so, yeah, talking about. Those. And, <laughs> yes, all those. So we were like, mm-hmm. it would be so cool to do a video game version where you're like going through and trying to solve. But so all those things are complicated.
3: <laughs> so, right.
2: so we didn't do them, but um, yeah. those were on that. You know, they were on the table at one point to to do, and I I would love to do some kind of tie-in like that for. Uh, something we do in the future. Our, our, the, a guy we are friends with, um his name is Dustin Ferguson, and he just finished a movie called Robo Woman, which isn't out yet, uh, but it comes out pretty soon. But part of the, what, a tie-in he did with that was that he had a guy develop, uh, an 8-bit Nintendo game, uh, for basically, you know, based on the film. Playable Nintendo. Yeah, and they, they made ah. cartridges and everything, and they're gonna have a ROM version. It's That's not, lame. it's like shipping soon. But I saw the the you know some they made a commercial for it too with some like you know game images and game gameplay stuff and it looked awesome and I was oh, like uh, yeah. yeah I was like that's super cool to make like a you know like a playable game based thing yeah or, or that mm-hmm. that's wild. Yeah. so I was yeah. pretty I was pretty psyched on that. I'm gonna have to check it out um when it when it comes out but yeah so I'd love to do something like that I mean Clickbait isn't a movie to do <laughs> a video game for but
1: maybe <laughs> yeah. the, next, uh-huh. the
2: next one yeah yeah.
1: Quick cool about those Sierra games? The real old ones. They had like, they'd have like twenty, like five and a quarter floppy disks, and oh, you yeah. have to like keep like changing them.
2: <laughs> I am, I am definitely old enough to have played all those, so and beaten yeah. most. Of them, so yeah, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. And also oh, yeah. the real old ones too. You just had to type what you were doing. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And you like if what you didn't have work, like the yeah.
1: exact like phrasing, like yeah, you, yeah. they That's wouldn't nice. know. What doing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It got much easier when you just clicked on stuff and you had, like, menus that, that gave you options. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah they got a little of, more user-friendly as it yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah, I played all the, like, Space Quests and King Quests, like, from the first one, you know, on... Um, and all the, yeah. all the Leisure Suit Larrys. Leisure
1: Suit Larrys. I'm
2: very totally yes. embarrassed about now, but, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. And what, what was... was the, we what, talked about last
0: week, yeah.
1: it was the one where it's, like, in New Orleans with the voodoo. That one was very cool. <laughs>
0: You were this detective like, guy, and it was there like was something. Like a "Sins of the Father," but yeah,
2: yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the guy's
0: I, name. It was the character's name. "Sins of the Father."
2: I vaguely remember this, but I don't remember. Uh, I don't think I ever really played it, but I vaguely remember that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Gabriel something, I think. Yeah,
2: that's nice. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> well those are so, yeah those are uh those are fun games and i i it would be cool i think it'd be really fun to make something like that at some point when we have like a quest movie where that makes sense
1: yeah especially if you had to keep at you had to keep like uh put in destiny 17 yeah and then uh, oh that would make it yeah. and then
2: one of the discs would be like corrupted and you'd have yeah. to like nail it back <laughs> and, and, but one yeah. of
1: the
0: way later ones after you played it for like you know yeah. 10 days <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was always a great experience. Or what's I would have like a pirated like? copy that mostly worked, but then it would crash at, like, <laughs> you know, three quarters of the way through the game.
1: So what's the weather been like uh, for you coming back to Boston?
2: Awful. We hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we hate cold weather. We're oh done with God. it. We're never <laughs> going to do it like. again.
3: We just, like, because we drove back, because we are driving some of our stuff back to California, and, like... We just didn't know that it was going to be, like,
2: zero in the entire Midwest <laughs> It was awful. Turns out, don't drive through the mountains yeah. in the winter. But, we haven't know. really uh, adjusted <laughs>
1: since then. So, yeah. uh, how did uh bring me your women? Uh, how did that go?
3: Yeah, bring us your women is a project by Catherine Capozzi, who does all of our score work for our films. Uh, she's really awesome. So it's really her project that, like, we just contribute to. And uh, so it's just like songs and video and dances um, about like historical women and how they've been presented through history and like their stories. Um, so I sang three songs at that show. It was a really big show on International Women's Day. And it was really awesome. It was really well done. And the music was great. So and it was really big. Like it was at the
2: Summerlin Theater, which is like, you know, 600
3: person venue or something. Um,
4: yeah,
2: it's really great. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's, a, it's all these different people who had never kind of worked together normally necessarily. It, you know, all these different musicians that were. Um, well, she, uh, Catherine has a rock band called Axe Monkey. So that's kind of the foundational part of it. But then there was a whole string section. There were a whole group of singers. Um, this woman, Christine Zufri from France, was visiting to sing at the show. And some of the Christina Go from the Ivory Coast, was visiting to sing at the show. And then a bunch of Boston people. Um, and then there were uh, African style drummers and uh, Chinese. What, what's the. What's I do the name of their instrument.
3: You know the instrument, like that single string?
2: string instrument, the Chinese instrument? It's really beautiful when played well. Um, yeah. It it's was really cool. Uh,
1: we, used to, we used to call a guy like the stick man, I believe. Used to, <laughs> we would see him every once heard, in a
2: while. Sure? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Doesn't, I love, that was my joke about playing it well. But um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I totally, I totally get
2: it. Yeah, yeah no, I, I like that guy. I'm a fan of the the T the Station guy. But there, yeah, this guy plays the show is amazing. He's beautiful. He plays with the like Chinese opera and stuff. I yeah, mean, really... the Beijing. So opera. it's yeah, so it's a it's a bunch of people who would not necessarily play like a in rock a rock band, band setting, band. and they're kind of excited to do it. They're like, it's weird for them, but they like it, and you know, it becomes a. Really interesting collaboration. It was
3: like almost like a cultural exchange, you know, of like ideas or something. It was like really fascinating how it all came together.
2: Yeah, and we had produced the films for it now five years ago or something like that. So we produced about uh, each at that point we did a film. We not we made, but we either directed ourselves or found people to create films for each of the songs that were done at that point, which is that maybe a, uh, yeah. a dozen a dozen yeah. songs or something, and. Um, so those videos also played in sync with the performances and with sometimes with dancers and other kinds of things. So it's really, um, it's a cool project and I really wish it happened more often. I don't know, you know, it's, it's, so, it's such an endeavor to get off the ground that, it, you know, it's not something that will be, will happen frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, well
3: it was like a hundred people involved. It was like insane how big it was. It was great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So See, I've seen Clickbait uh several times. So um but for people who are listening for the first time, uh for you guys on the show, can you give them an idea of what clickbait's about?
2: Well that's you know, that's the interesting question, right? We never <laughs> we never really know. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. No, it's it's uh, the way we've kind of come to describing it is that it's like a social satire wh- kind of horror film uh about the pitfalls in, in positions of fame culture on people. Social media. And social media. Influencers, which are in yeah. this week. <laughs> so, yeah, the story is that there are these two young women who are in college, and one of them, they kind of are both vloggers, and one of them is really popular, but her popularity diminishes when one of her rivals uh, is diagnosed with cancer and kind of becomes popular as a result of being sick. And so it's sort of about her struggling to recover that, and then she starts getting stopped. And um although that's bad, it it starts to help her get popular again. So she's not that eager to you know have it stopped. And that's essentially the that's where the movie goes from there. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Seth uh, Chatfield, he'll be in attendance. Who's he who's works. in Clickbait? Yeah,
3: he, he plays the detective that they call to investigate
2: their stalking. <laughs> the very bad, the very incompetent detective, yep. Frank Thompson. Yeah, he's very hilarious in the film. So.
3: Uh-huh.
2: He is. Um, so yeah, Seth will be there. Uh, Catherine, Catherine. Capozzi, the who I'm did the there. score with us, so will be there. Nice. Uh, and uh, Izzy Lee, who we mentioned before, was we worked on a couple days of the movie, helping us, doing mm-hmm. some uh, assistant directing, some other stuff. So she'll be there. I think that might be it from the movie. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if anybody else from the movie will be there. But um but yeah, it'll be a nice, nice gathering of people, and we'll do uh, our hometown Q and A, and hopefully people have interesting questions. We always, it's a, it's been a fun movie to take around because we never really know what we're gonna get asked, and it's kind of a, I mean, I don't, I, you know, maybe you you can say better, but um, it's like both a simple movie and a complicated movie. I think is mm-hmm. it. That's what we're sort of trying to do. Um, so on the on the surface it's kind of simple, but then there's a lot of complicated stuff that happens in it. So you know, yeah so we tend to get we tend to have q a's where they're like well how do we you know like what how how can we unpack this whole thing and talk about it so, yeah it's always fun
1: yeah i've not met Seth before so i'm looking forward to meeting him
2: yeah oh you've not yeah no yeah <laughs> well you will you will yeah mm-hmm. i think you need to meet brandy i
1: see
3: you're, yeah. not, you're blossoming online friendship <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, she she we were both in uh, England at the same time. Oh
4: yeah, right, right,
1: right, yeah. Yeah, and she did message me to like uh yeah, to go out. to like uh go drinking somewhere, but then it never happened.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: she's hilarious.
2: She's yeah, great. she's yeah. she's definitely a character. They're yeah. all characters.
3: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to be in one of our movies, you kind of have to be like a total nut. So
1: right, <laughs> yeah. right. I
4: and,
1: and I uh, didn't realize that the time but i kind of uh cosplayed as her character in clickbait <laughs> this year it had halloween
2: well, i too went
1: as, as a turd it's interesting
2: <laughs> there's an interesting story i think to that which is that uh the script was in in process you know this really we were writing the script up you know up until shooting essentially um or working on it up until shooting and uh there was a scene where they were going to a halloween party and we knew that so the two characters are Bailey and Emma, and Bailey's like the popular one, and Emma's supposed to be like kind of the uh, bookish, and she's she's like kind tight. of a stick in the mud, yeah. basically. You know, she's kind of like a always afraid of everything, and kind of a downer on everything. So anyway, we we knew Bailey was gonna wear like the the princess, princess or something like that. You know, a, a kind of classic like prom queen kind of outfit. And we were trying to figure out what to, what costume to put Emma in, you know, to put Brandy playing Emma in. And um Halloween came around, and I saw a picture on probably Instagram of Brandy dressed as a poop. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. That's the costume. <laughs> so I messaged her, and I was like, hey. I figured if she dresses a poop in real life, you can't be too mad if we ask her to dress as a poop in the movie. So I was like – um, Brandy, how do you feel about, uh, Emma being dressed as a, as a poop in the, in the Halloween scene? And she's like, great. Yeah. So, um, and
3: then I had to remake the costume because she had bought it. So it was like trademark yeah. costume <laughs> right for this poop. So like I had to uh-huh. like get felt and like swirl it into a poop shape. It was so <laughs> <silly>. uh-huh. <laughs> It looked pretty good. It's almost more hilarious. Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. good. Okay, yeah. 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 So Brandy inspired it real life by, by dressing as a poop for then Halloween. The other
3: day we were Store and I saw that you could get poop shaped like cupcake like uh, <laughs> muffin tins <laughs>
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I was
4: like,
1: I was almost like should we kind of do. To the no,
2: we should not. <laughs> we should I, think it's, I
1: think it's. fascinating that, that poop is like cute now, and you can buy like kids' no. toys no. of poop. I'm You're not eating
4: anything. I'm not it
1: I actually do have a poop uh, coffee mug. <laughs> I'm like, drinking yeah. my tea out of right now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm just not into it. I'm not into it. Yeah. I but But Poop is her cost, it fits the character yeah. I think really <laughs> well. So. Yeah, you know, she goes to the party uh-huh.
4: under protest. So like it yeah. just makes
2: sense. Yeah. yeah. And then we wrote that whole dialogue scene. there in the film there's a scene where there where uh you know Bailey is like kind of like, I can't believe you dressed up like a poop to go to this party and mm-hmm. that was fun to like really explore you mm-hmm. know spend some time having a discussion about what, what it means to dress as a poop when you go to a party. Yeah. yeah. Party pooper, you know. Oh. Yeah. I if uh, you're
1: from store five below, but, uh, last time I was there, I saw there, they, they had, it was like a remote control poop that, <laughs> that farts. And I was just like, that's yeah. like a kid's toy today. I don't, it's very bizarre.
2: I did. So we have a lot of nieces and nephews. We don't, we don't have children of our own, but we have nieces and nephews. And, um, Maybe last time we were visiting, uh and my nephew had this game. What was it called? I, anyway, the the premise of the game is that you look into a toilet, and <laughs> it, I mean it's it's a it's a toy toilet, not a not a regular toilet. Right, so you, right, look right. In, you look into the toilet and you flush it, and like uh, sometimes some you know random time it sprays you with the water.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like Russian roulette. Yeah.
2: <laughs> a so basically, like you alternate turns. <laughs> and oh, yeah, like, you, you, you yeah. say you know you, I'll, I'll flush it and then if I don't get sprayed you know he goes and he flushes it and it's like I guess you lose you get a you know you lose a point the other person gets a point if you get sprayed in the face with the with the toilet but I don't think it nobody really keeps score it's just like yeah. he just laughs really hard when and it's somebody... very loud yeah it makes uh-huh. a flushing sound and everything it was um, so you know there's definitely apparently this is what the kids are into <laughs> <laughs> the, kids, the kids dig it yeah the kids dig it uh, Kinda
1: sounds like what I'd be into. I yeah. It fun, you know? Yeah. No. I mean, I I
2: would have loved it too. You know. <laughs> yeah. He's a good kid. Yeah, so it's not even. No, I I can't even say like I can't believe he's into toilet toilet humor. He's he's he's
3: he's five. He's yeah. five.
2: <laughs> he's well behaved. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, do you still do music? I know you were at the. Uh, but do you do uh, new music? <laughs>
3: Um, so far in LA, we have not started any bands, which is hilarious because we started like 20 bands when we lived in Boston. Uh-huh. But, uh, but we're looking to do it this year or yes. like at least start writing songs and getting something up off the ground. We did also write several songs for the clickbait yeah. score soundtrack. Or and we whatever. made a music video recently for Broken Heart, which is like the end theme song of the movie. So we've been
4: It's a great active. video.
3: Thank you. Yeah, we've been active in making music but just not as like a band like its own project.
2: Yeah of. it is sort of funny too because we put out a score, We again we worked with Catherine Capozzi, uh, our friend and we have a project, we've now scored um all of our films, or uh, all of our features with Catherine and a bunch of other things and um so we have a project that's called Night Kisses and that's like our scoring collective project and it's like kind of whatever film scores we do, we just do under that name and so the Clickbait score actually got uh, picked up by a record label called Plaza Mayor um, their European label, and so that you know that came out a little bit ago. Even though know, the movie's not quite out yet, so that was cool. And um, you know, so it's available on like all the Spotify and iTunes and whatever else, wherever else one listens to music. And so uh yeah, so we made the music video. There, the, most of it is like score, it's kind of traditional. Well, I don't wouldn't call it traditional, but <laughs> just uh, instrumental score. Uh, but there are a couple of songs that are you know vocal driven that we wrote that Sophia sings on. Um and so Broken Heart is one of those and that's kinda of been the single on the record. And it's been uh it's done well. It's it's gotten a lot of a lot of good response, a lot of press. Um and we you know, we had fun making the music video for it. And the music video, if anybody wants to watch, if you search Night Kisses Broken Heart, you can see the music video and it's it has it's not exactly like the movie but it, 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 it's all about the same themes as the movie mm-hmm. so it's all about how people i mean you know the movie's called clickbait and uh, a lot of the music video is like this character doing social media posts that are like the kinds of things that people click like like on or heart and then the kinds of things that they should probably respond to but don't so mm-hmm. it's about the contrast between like what's actually important to you and what actually gathers like a, a big social media response mm-hmm. um
3: but i wrote a new
2: song for catherine's show bring us your women this
3: past uh month about medusa and it's just like feminist punk music basically so i definitely just want to do like a loud angry rock band again that's what kind of the medusa song is
1: really the movie cool. does have, yeah i'll say movie does have great music and uh i love of the movie, I actually had in my top six list of uh, of the year, uh, yeah, and not just because you guys you. are here and I like you, but uh, That's, I I thought that was great. Not I sent you that check. <laughs> <laughs> great.
3: Well, Becky sent you a check, so yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> right. But yeah. Uh, like what like you said, though, I always like stuff where just on the surface you can just enjoy it as like a, a fun movie, but you know if you pay attention or look deeper, there's a, there's a lot more stuff going on.
2: Yeah, that's always our goal. I mean, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard thing to achieve, but that's always the goal: is to try to create something that's. True. And I think this movie is by far our most like fun movie to watch. Just if you're like, oh, I want to watch a fun movie, Um but hopefully we still captured a lot of the, the stuff to think about and the, the kind of subtext of everything and and all that. That was our that was what we were trying to do with it. So, thanks for enjoying it. You know, thank you for uh, putting it on your list. And uh, you very well. yeah, yeah we're also we're also playing uh, i don't know if i'm interrupting your question but we're also no, playing no, um, uh this weekend uh, the film is playing in Manchester uh UK not not New Hampshire um at the uh, Starburst film festival which is super awesome i you, i imagine you're familiar with Starburst magazine
1: no i'm okay. not actually
2: <laughs> okay so i grew up like uh not nearly stories.
1: smart as you gave me credit for
2: yeah. So Starburst is like a really, it's probably the biggest like UK, um, genre magazine. Yeah. It's still published, you know, and, like
3: on the shelves with Fangoria back in the day. Maybe yeah. Like I used
2: to go pick up my, my Fangoria and my Starburst and my Log and my, you know, all those kind of magazines were always on the, on the shelf together and Starburst was was an import. So it was like, you know, I got it like the comic shop usually had it. Um, but yeah, it was really, it, it was always a really great magazine and we were, you know, really liked it. And, uh, they've been really kind to us about, you know, reviewing all of our films and, um we've gotten good response from them and they, they're screening QuickBait, um, this weekend, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. And, uh, the guests of honor at the, at the festival, we we unfortunately can't attend. We can't afford to fly to England right now, uh-huh. but, um, uh, Lloyd Kaufman is going to be there as a guest of honor and Luigi. Wow. Coti, um, who did Star Crash and, uh, he worked with Argento on a bunch of films. So those are the two like big guests that they have there and they have a bunch of other cool things. And like we went to it a few years ago with Float of the Tribbids and we had an awesome time. They're, they're amazing people and they put on a really fun festival really as well. Fun. Yeah. It was really yeah. fun. And they had a lot of, re- they do a lot of like new films, but they also mix it with a lot of like repertory stuff and they had like, panels on like the creation of star wars last time ray we had. Harryhausen's like family was there with like oh, kids. Nice. yeah we saw figures yeah. like we saw like a whole Very bunch vivid. of original ray Harryhausen figures and it was really cool but anyway so we can't go because so we're super sad but um yeah. is is playing there this weekend as well so we're having we have a nice march of uh festivals here mm-hmm. you know and i think this week is really yeah. two really great festivals that we love so it's quite an honor what was
1: the difference uh, the difference between uh blood of the tribids and clickbait as far as uh on the festival scene because I, I maybe i'm wrong here but i think uh blood of the tribids would wouldn't seem quite as accessible to to every audience <laughs> it's
3: definitely not but blood of the tribids it's like if you understand the niche thing that we're doing which is like mm-hmm. very specifically like a vampire film from 1972 like then they would program it and they'd be like, wow, you made like this weird film. And I'm like, why did yeah. you do that? But we have to program it because we totally get what you did. Um, so it did pretty well amongst like horror and like grind flotation fests and like kind of more underground festivals. It did, it did pretty good. So we were definitely niche. And on the audiences that had no idea what. The actual thing we were paying homage to, there's like, oh, it's just like a gothic vampire thing. It's so like even those audiences, when they got stuck in the screening, were like, ah, oh, gothic
2: vamp Yeah, it kind of did. Like people got it more than I would have expected. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. We kind of made it. And we're like, this is so niche. Um, but people were really responsive to it. I mean, you know, not obviously not everybody loves it or whatever, but um it was it was a it was a good response we were surprised at how good the response yeah. was to it. and we won a bunch of awards and you know people were nice to us and we at buff we actually won the best new england film trophy which is i, I don't know if you have you seen the buff um trophies yeah
1: yeah they're pretty they're pretty awesome wild. they're really strange, really awesome funny. yeah yeah that's great
2: <laughs> so that was like one of my life goals was like to get a buff <laughs> trophy <laughs> so it was very exciting to win for both the tributes because i was yeah. like I oh, now i own a buff trophy yes
3: right um, yeah. Yeah, and QuickBake's done well too, but it hasn't really, um, like a lot of the hardcore horror festivals have been like, oh, it's too funny. <laughs> Whatever, it's not.
2: No, yeah, hard- that's,
1: that's something to think about. Yeah. Cause it yeah. doesn't necessarily fit in, uh, Tenny genre. I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a very hard, it's a very hard sell by, by what genre it is. And we had, we did have a bunch of like, uh, bigger festivals, like the, especially the horror driven ones. They were like, you know, we really liked it. And, you know, here are all the things we liked about it. And we just like can't quite figure out what to do with it or, yeah. you know, how to like, put it in with the rest of the programming, and it's kind of, it just is...
3: But it did well at, like, overall genre fest, and at, like, underground fest, <laughs> so, you know, and in England, definitely. Yeah. So...
2: <laughs> I think the, the satire of it is actually quite, like, British in a way. It's dry. You know, it's kind of like a very droll, weird, that kind of humor. Somebody, one uh, we got a review. We haven't really sent it out for reviews, but we got uh, a few reviews. And I think uh, one of the reviewers said it was kind of like a Paul Bartel movie, Do you know, Paul Bartel eating Raul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. That was like one of my awesome. favorites when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I Probably cool. watched it way too young. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> bad older brother, I think. <laughs> right,
2: right. Um, so yeah, so like somebody, one of the reviewers said that, and then one of our friends also said he thought it was like that. I'm like, yeah, that kind of is the tone of it. It's like a weird, dark. Comedy and it has like horror elements, but it's it so it's a, like a confusing thing to sell to people in a way. Yeah. Um.
3: So it's we done never fine. do the right thing. It's fine. <laughs> we never just make a straight slasher that's gonna do great. <laughs> yeah.
2: We would. We uh-huh. probably would benefit from just making like a yeah, really straightforward, very not interesting movie at all. But
4: <laughs> no. We just can't uh-huh. ourselves to do that. Huh?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I understand. Uh, now obviously you talk about clickbait, but uh, do you have anything in the works? Yeah, we, I mean, we... something, didn't you?
2: Oh, we just yeah, we just um, well we 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 decided we wanted to do some festival stuff this year, but we didn't have, we didn't really have our own big movie um you know a feature this year that we were gonna have ready. So, um we did work on a couple of peop- other people's movies. Um Sophia was the cinematographer on a new Izzy Lee movie that's gonna be coming to festival soon. And then we just wrapped on um a film called Halfcocked. It's a, also a short film that Sophia and I produced and Sophia was the cinematographer on. And um it's a really I think it's a really funny uh I haven't seen the movie, but it's a really funny script and I think the, the shoot went well. The premise is like there are these two scientists and um they Basically find the secret to raising people from the dead, to, to giving life back. And so they dig up this guy and they revive him and he's just like really pissed off that he's alive again because he really was excited to be dead. And so the whole rest of the movie is them like hanging out with him and he's just like grumpy to be alive and they can't, you know, he can't really, he keeps trying to kill himself, but he can't die because he's been, you know, given this treatment. And, um, so that's the premise. It's like a weird dark horror comedy.
4: Yeah. Um,
2: film. And uh, I think that'll be really cool once it's done. So I think we it, ho- hopefully you'll be seeing that on the on the circuit in the next oh, couple of yeah. months. Yeah.
3: Then we're trying to figure out our next feature. So I would really want to shoot something by the end of the year again. Um, and we got some scripts in the works. So it's just finding the
2: resources to do It's always the if difficult part. If anybody wants to give us a bunch of money. Yeah, we're ready we'll to shoot
3: it. at all times. We just need cash.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll take the money. <laughs> Not necessarily your money, but anybody anybody yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah yeah. or I mean I'll take your money <laughs> <too>. <laughs> I'm
1: kinda worried about going to buff
2: now I'm getting, yeah. like, <laughs> don't bring yeah, maybe just just credit, Sleep just Hannah credit Hannah <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: I assume like uh in the I don't even say horror genre, but in the in the weird genre, I guess is that where you're gonna uh, like your next feature? do you have uh. any idea of what genre would be?
3: Yeah, I really, uh, I have a script about a woman who, um, it begins with her waking up in the hospital, and being told she just gave birth and being handed a baby. And so it's like very much like a psychological thriller because she really doesn't think that that's her life and she goes back to like a house with like a great husband and like she's very confused by it all. And, uh, so it's kind of like in the vein of like a Stepford wise or the omen, um,
2: more psycho than, than like a straight. Horror like a whatever. yeah like yeah. a thr- like a 70s psychological yeah, thriller.
3: very 70s style. Yeah. Um, so that's my hopefully that's a I mean I always tell people like what my next project is and then I look back at interviews like a year later and I'm like well that never happened <laughs> but I did something
2: else you know
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the one that's most
2: on my mind to shoot this year. And it's pretty yeah. contained so. Yeah, you know we've got a lot of scripts in the works and it, it ends up mm-hmm. being just what is like the most feasible or logical thing for us to do next and that can change. Tomorrow we could decide something else, but, um, yeah, we want to do something soon. So there's plenty of ideas. It's just a matter of like figuring out which, which one and which resources are there and how to best attack that next. Um, and in the meantime, we'll be traveling around the festival circuit with those shorts and, uh, clickbait will be out sometime this year. We don't have a release date. Um, this company, ITN, uh, is our agency and our, uh, in domestic distributor at least. And so they'll, they'll be putting it out, you know, it's pro I'm guessing maybe summer. Uh, we don't We don't have a date yet, but I'm guessing something like summer. Yeah.
1: Do you write the scripts together or, uh, separately or how does that work?
2: I give
3: Michael all of my great ideas, <laughs> but then usually, yeah, he writes them primarily like the, at least like the, the basics of it, the house, you know? Um, I'm not a person that can sit at a computer and write. Uh but then I usually come along again in the editing phase and like, nope, 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 add this. <laughs> so
2: at the end of it, we work pretty, together. It's, it's just a it's just a different yeah, it's like a process where we yeah. work we work individually but together, kind of yeah. if that makes sense. And
3: usually before you even write anything, like we've written an online, yeah, we we've
2: discussed like every you know, turn of the thing and stuff. So, yeah, I'm usually writing the like scene to scene dialogue and that kind of stuff. He's yeah, my actually opening final, draft right? Or whatever yeah. <laughs>
3: whatever program
2: he yeah. uses. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: and I'm much more visual, but like in this scene is like this person on fire and like floating through the air. And I'm like describing like over describing like the camera stuff because that's what I most care about. <laughs> and yeah. was, like, that's not a scene, it's just a shot that you want to do. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: So but it's good.
2: It's
4: collaborative for
2: sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's... yeah. And it had kind of a weird origin. I, the, the short version of it is that it started out as a movie that Brandy was developing, um, with this guy who wrote the first draft, Jeremy long. And, um, I got involved a little bit initially just to shoot it. And then gradually we took over more and more. And then basically I did a, a, essentially like a pretty substantial rewrite of the whole, of the whole thing. Um, and it kept a lot of, you know, Jeremy had a lot of cool ideas about how the characters worked. And I, that was what really attracted me to the script in the first place was the, you know, the characters were cool. I liked the concept. And then I kind of reworked it to be something that we would, like a film that we would make and has our kind of social commentary and our structure to it. And, and I added the toots, kind so. And Sophia added You're the welcome. <laughs> yeah.
4: So none of that was in the, uh, no, there the no toot doodles in the script. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. will um, so we, yeah. well, we see
1: either of you singing a, a karaoke on saturday night
3: oh man i like cannot do karaoke at all which is like really hilarious being like a punk singer <laughs> like a person that gets right. on stage and sings in front of people it's awful for me i have the worst time <laughs> i feel like i'll
2: probably do something stupid
3: yeah well maybe i'll start practicing <laughs> i'll pick something yeah. and i'll <laughs>
2: I think practicing karaoke is kind of there's something wrong about that. There
3: is, but it's always gone
1: so <laughs> I don't Yeah. I La- what- last year, because it, it takes me uh, a lot of uh, alcohol to uh, to do karaoke. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't, uh, I don't really drink any. Well, I'll probably have something, but last year it was like eight, like hard ciders before I had the courage to do it. So I don't, I don't know if uh, I'll do it this year. What last year was monster match, say? and I. Had, Monster Mash. And Nine, Everyone yeah. really good. dug it. So. Yeah, that's yeah. a good show. It's a regional
2: <laughs> hit.
4: Yeah. Written in <laughs> yeah,
1: Somerville. I, I even had backup dancers, which was uh, nice. pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. You know that's a Somerville song, right? You know it was written in Somerville? I did
1: not know that. that yeah,
2: Borey, uh, Bobby Boris Pickett. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: yeah. Lived in Somerville. Lived in Somerville. It's from Somerville. Yep.
4: Oh,
1: I did not realize that. True story. I'm just going to lie now and say I knew that. And that's why. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, You know it now. It's like knowing it. Yeah, yeah. That's why you have us on the show because we bring we bring
2: the important information. The
1: knowledge, exactly. <laughs> the
2: local
1: knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I think we actually have a uh, Jim McDonough on the line Uh-oh. as well.
2: Oh God. That guy.
5: Oh, hey ho. <laughs>
4: Hello. Well, that's bad. Hello. Nice <laughs> <fact. Yeah.
5: laughs> now I got uh. Tell me if I sound terrible because i I got you I, I got you on speaker. And I'm only going to speak up because I can't really hear if I put it the head. And I'm worried about putting the phone to the head because I feel like it's going to give me a tumor.
4: <laughs> oh wow.
5: Did you always have that, that heavy uh,
1: Boston accent? I don't remember it last year. Something you picked up since last year. It comes and goes.
5: I just had a few Budweiser's.
2: <laughs> oh, right. Jim is true blue. He's true blue. Jim, Jim's a
5: wicked pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Hello, Jim. It's great to hear you guys' voice. I can't wait to see you next week. Yeah, Beautiful I've got uh, yeah. I've got a bad movie for you. <laughs> no, that well, that's that's my brand. I'm I'm coming. I'm gonna be there Wednesday. I can't wait. Yeah, that wasn't
2: the movie I meant though. <laughs> <laughs> also,
5: yeah, that also may be true
2: bad, too. Yeah. No, so Jim, I'm gonna talk about Jim now for a second. Uh-uh. He, uh-uh. Ma- right. he makes crazy, insane, awesome films that like you feel like you're living in his brain as you watch them and 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 it's and that's like a really frightening thing but also a really good thing it's a really it's it's awesome they're they're um they're always entertaining they're always weird they're always surprising and um a lot of them are you know you, Jim can correct me if I'm misspeaking but he does a lot of green screen stuff and a lot of stop motion stuff and a lot of like Blending different, like, uh, like people with action figures and little models and all kinds of things like that. So it's a really cool, like, you know, almost like a multimedia craziness project. And, um, I love his work. I'm a really, I'm a fan first. Well, you should let Jim have it. No, no, no. This is the <laughs> well, I was uh... <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm almost I there. was
5: hoping that was going to be the podcast. Just Mike, keep him going. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> and, that uh, was yeah, beautiful and warm and kind. So we uh-huh. watch this
2: movie. We watch this movie, Repo Chick. <laughs> you know Repo Chick? Kind of I... a school to Repo men, but not really. Made by Alex Cox. Huh. Uh, and it's kind of Jim McDonough style of <laughs> film. It's all like green screen. It blends like weird like m- like matchbox cars with things. It's like, it's a crazy art and I'm watching this and I'm like, this is a, a film. That could have been made by Jim McDonough, except that if it were, it would have been much better. <laughs> That's the only difference. It's like it's like if Jim McDonough were bad at making films, Repo oh. film. So I uh, I had to buy it on Blu-ray because it was really hard to find, and I wanted wow. to see it. And I watched it, and now I'm gonna uh, burden <laughs> I'm gonna burden Jim by giving it to him.
5: Oh my goodness! This is now this gift. He's bearing gifts. God damn it! Wow! Uh, thank you. This is exciting. Well, for is, um Michael and Sofia. Um, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I, the reason I'm, I'm uh, have any knowledge of Buff is because of those folks and uh, the people I met in Somerville one one night. And uh, I'm huge fans of them as as artists and people. And I'm, I'm, I'm they 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 drive me to freaking make more stupid shit. But I love you guys stuff. I can't wait to see Clickbait. But God, God damn it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: And honestly, I, I met Jim through uh, Michael. Michael's like, uh, I think you'd like him, and I think you'd like his his stuff. And so uh, and I that's wrong. how I, totally I, I discovered. But... Yeah, yeah. It was, I was like, oh man, well, what are you thinking? But no, it was. <laughs> it was but now
2: you, yeah. you can't
5: get rid of him. Well, yeah, you're right about that. It's it's um it's well, you know, it's funny. Um, Boston Underground Film Festival is um, very near and dear in my heart. As far as uh, going and spending time and having experience there, but the so bad film festival is probably the one that most represents my brand. Um, so to your point, yeah, bad is, it's, it's like, it is what it is. You know, I just, I, you know, you, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> I love tiny clones last year. And, uh, no, cause it, it kind of same idea, but different from, uh, from the clickbait where you can watch it. And it's just like, it's a silly, you know, fun thing. But I actually thought there was a lot of uh, meaning in, in Tiny Clones, as I as I said, and I think you used the quote is it's like Black Mirror for idiots.
5: <laughs> yeah, idiots. Yes, yeah, just definitely idiots. Yeah, the idiots part, especially. <laughs> no, but I, you know, really I like. like uh, it, right? Yeah, it's fun. It was, that was, it was that was a quick project, and, and by my definition, it was only three months in the basement. And, and see, I kind of go back and forth between. Um, the basement and the editing room. So it's like uh, two levels, more or less, you know, middle. you know, it's, but it's back and forth. That was only three months where the latest one was 10. And it's just usually me. And um, I use other folks to get notes. And sometimes I'm lucky enough to have other folks in the movies, but usually it's just me and running around in my crazy house. And now, unfortunately, there's a puppy added to the mix. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of chaos, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. I
5: expect yeah.
1: puppy. Plus the. A- Tiny clones. I don't feel nearly as bad after I, after I watched it. Like if you watch Black Mirror, you just like usually like really depressed. It's like it's very like. There's actually feel... a
5: lot of violence. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of violence in Tiny Clones, but it's uh, very stupid, silly. You know. Yeah. So I hope I can get away with it because I mean I'm I'm obviously against violence, even though I I most about thirty percent of my yeah. films my head my head blows up or in some way. faster huh. the form. Um, but I feel, for some reason, I feel less guilty about the violence if it's me, on, if it's my on myself, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, the the new the new movie the year, well, the new uh, short you're having is "I owe you one banana and two black eyes," which is an amazing title.
5: It's uh, yeah, brevity yeah, not not yeah, not a little long.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so the, did,
5: it, sorry, go on.
1: I was just asking, where did that title come from?
5: So the. T- John Sapien is a good friend of mine who ironically liked Michael and Sophia. I, I got, became close and got, got to know from Boston underground film festival, um, him and Phil Haley and, uh, Adam and the, and the John Karen, a few of them made a, a documentary called, my name is Jonah. So I met them through Boston underground film festival. And then JB and I started writing things here and there. I'd help him. He'd help me write and he'd give me great notes and he would add great ideas. So, um, one of my, two of my idioms films that played at Boston Underground, he helped me with that. And he kept telling me he was going to finish this hip hop album. And he kept saying, when we finished, we'd love to have you make a video. And of course, I was excited to hear it and excited to be part of it. But this was like over a couple of years. And then so he write, he, you know, he helped me write Tiny Clones. And then by the end of Tiny Clones, the, the album was done and he let me kind of go through the album. I've never done a music video. And so, mm-hmm. um, I love, certain music videos and some music videos i don't so my i guess i kind of wanted to go into it with a maybe in an egotistical sense i wanted to tell a tiny stupid ridiculous story and um i wanted to kind of go through the music and find the best fit there so which is probably the back ass. you know i'm sure michael so if hate would hate to work <laughs> to, to meet uh you know if they want to do a music video with someone and then they're saying they want to kind of work the story around the song versus the other way around but um so but it happened just coincidentally on the album to be a song that felt perfect and was completely cohesive with my idea, which was I wanted to make a whole silly video where the whole thing was a car chase, more or less. And then ultimately it became, you know, animals in a car chase and puppets and whatnot.
4: Mm-hmm. And there
5: happened to be one song on their album that basically really fit. And it and it was and I liked the song the most so the tempo and the lyrics and everything kind of worked. So um, you know, the goal was to not have an abstract music video. Not not saying I have you know a problem with abstract videos, but I I wanted to kind of have a story within the song. And I and, it, and I kind and it felt like a fit. So it was my first time kind of editing to music more versus you know making the thing and then having the music scored to the film. So that mm-hmm. was um, a, a fun and challenging um, experience. And I tend to find that I always go into these stupid videos with you know a plan of spending three weeks on it where I'm not going to use green screen. I'm going to keep it simple and I'm going to use, you know, techniques I've used before in the past and it's going to be easy. It's going to be done. I'm not going to spend a ton of time. And that was the goal for this one. And then what ends up happening is I get excited about trying new things. And I constantly just want to try new things and learn new things. And they're always sloppy because every time you're seeing a thing of mine, there's a lot of new things and I don't catch a lot of weird shit. And then I pay a million of ridiculous amounts of attention to stupid shit that no one notices. So it's a weird blend of like sloppy shit. You'll see something on there that I probably even catch. And then ridiculous minutiae I spent on like, you know, frames. Uh, so it's weird. Then it's it's almost like a, it's like a sickness and happiness at the same time when I'm making these things. But, uh, yeah, this one was no different. So what was intended to be three weeks ended up being 10 months. Um, but yeah, so that's how they go when you're kind of working 20 to 30 to 40 minutes a day.
1: So, why does it take the 10 months? Is it because you're, like you said, you just said you're doing like a half hour a day, or what takes the most amount of time?
5: Partly it's the fact that I have, you know, a full time job that requires, you know, it's a legit, especially more so than my last job. Last job I could have coasted a little bit and it was a little easier. This job I got to work a good solid, you know, 45, 50 hours. So I have that hours. And then I got two awesome kids and a fantastic wife. And so we got a lot going on with them, and now unfortunately I threw a puppy in the mix. But I keep bringing up the puppy. But the um, so it's a lot of shit going on. So you got to really be good at compartmentalizing time, and it's really hard to like make stuff when you have all this stuff going on. But if as long as you kind of put a little time, it, you can if you put 10 to 15 minutes aside, if you block that time out, and it can stretch to 30 or 40. You do that every time every day. It's crazy what you can accomplish. Like freaking, I know it's not a true true story, but Annie Dufresne gets out of Shawshank. Like, you know, clipping a tiny bit every sure, day sure. of that stupid wall. So if you just kind of do something a little bit every day, you can get there. So, you know, you put that. But the reality is, though, it's it's not just the amount of time per day. It's the fact that it's I'm kind of building everything you see, you know, either by hand or by computer. So it's I try to like, you know, I, I will blend a little bit of stuff. But I try to like physically either or digitally kind of create a lot of the uh, layers. Um because a lot of the artists I love like Michael and Sophia and folks that are just true to their vision. I find the common theme of artists that I always respect is they, they, you kind of get in, you you go into their art and you're in your, in their world to Michael's, you know, uh, point earlier, you kind of, you step into their world, hopefully, whether it's Tim Burton or whoever, you know, early Tim Burton, but you, you, when you, you get in, you know, you feel like you're getting into another world. So hopefully you kind of, I want to. If I'm gonna bring you into my movie, I want to have my world created. So I'm kind of. I'm gonna try to control every layer of that. Whether it's turning a blanket into a hill with my knee. Uh. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, I had no idea. Uh. Fred Rogers did that as well. But i in fairness, when I did it for the new one, I had not seen the documentary. So apparently, Fred Rogers did that when he was. A, um. He he mentioned that in the documentary. But I had no awareness yeah. of that technique. Are you saying you're better than Mr. On, Rogers on the record? But, <laughs> Are you better? You're better than Mr. Rogers, though you just said. No, 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 no. I'm not even close. In fact, Fred Rogers, because I know Michael, you're a fan of the documentary. Fred Rogers actually, when I saw that movie in the summer, um, I actually almost changed a lot of the plot of my new one because it just kind of broke my heart. Him thinking of the thought of, even if like the stuff I'm making isn't intended for children but it just breaks my heart of the thought of children seeing this stuff and all this stuff has influence. So I almost changed the plot of, I mean, I can say plot, you know, you see it, you're going to laugh at the the fact that I called it a plot,
4: <laughs> but
5: it almost changed some of the themes of the film based on that documentary. But I, I kind of ended up sticking to my guns. Uh, literally.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I don't know if it's just my imagination, but I think, uh, the, one of the bunnies is right the two minute mark. I think uh, he's kind of based on uh, Michael Epstein. He looks very similar.
5: Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I did not make it too close because I know uh, Michael and Sophia are very powerful lawyers. But I uh, right, right, I right. borrowed likeness uh, within the copywritten laws as I understand them in my lawyers. But, um, yeah, well, no, I, I'm not going to say anything on the record officially. But you can, you know, my, I like to think of this stuff as abstract. So if you took that meaning, I can't admit to anything more than that.
2: Yeah, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to make any comments on it right now, but our legal team is reviewing it, <laughs> um,
5: uh-huh.
2: and we'll, we'll. It's a very attractive bunny. So.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited
2: well,
5: was... gave <laughs> oh, Michael. Yeah, we've seen it. Oh, yeah,
2: we've it. it. We've seen it.
5: I, um, I did Michael. work Yeah, we, months ago, I
2: think we did watch it. Oh, okay. Sophia watched it too. She just can't remember <laughs> anything. She's brain That's down. okay. Don't, don't be mean I to her. It was, I didn't title i think when i saw it I saw no we saw it movie. it's awesome i i loved it um and we already saw it and we re- recommend that everybody else go go see it so yeah
1: thank you thank you thank when you. he said it
5: me, he told me it was a documentary i didn't
1: know what's going on
5: but. well so yes yeah, so neil asked for a sneak peek tonight before we talked and um i sent it to him and the the screenshot alone is a um a plush bunny that in order to get so there's two bunnies wrapping in the video and there's two, there's a tiger and a shark that chase those bunnies. Um, I don't think I can really spoil this. Um, but so the bunnies, one, I, one of the bunnies, cause it's two guys rapping. And then there's, um, I think there's a gal on backup vocals named Tara who I haven't met. But the two guys that are rapping that I, uh, you know, did the, but one bunny I used, um, puppetry and I had to learn by hand the song of one of the rappers. And then the other one I had to learn by, by verbal meaning, uh, lip sync, I guess you could say. So I kind of painted my face white. Um, extra. Well, I'm very white as it is, but I I used ex, like actual white, 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 white. So,
2: mm-hmm. so over my lips I and face, yeah. white. And I,
5: face. I, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like real white, like extra white, like like paint. Right. So I took Not that and then I learned. So yeah. I, I videotaped my mouth wrapping and I superimposed that white, extra white mouth wrapping on a white plush bunny toy so uh-huh. hopefully it gives the appearance that the small bunny rabbit is actually wrapping um and it's yeah so you'd like you you didn't even ask these questions but i'm giving you a lot of these long
1: <laughs> i thought it was just the wrapping bunny i didn't even know it was your mouth
5: well um, then yeah so fair enough special effects work mm-hmm. for you yeah. We're, we're going to let Jim take over.
2: We feel like we've we've interfered enough with, uh, with, <laughs> with your time.
5: Well, I appreciate well, treat
4: treat you like both kid, being like on.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really looking forward to hanging out with you all at, uh, at the Boston Underground and um, and have a great rest of the show. Thanks for having us on. We had fun rambling about nonsense and um,
5: okay. that's it.
0: Well, thank, thank you both for being all on.
5: Thank so you, so much you, you
0: know, We wish you all the best. <laughs>
5: Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: I'm gonna, that was very cool. Oh, by the way, Sophia and Michael, they're also uh, Music of the Month, so uh, all the music oh, I'm listening end. to tonight uh, uh, are from them.
5: Who else is on the line there?
0: Uh, my brother, Troy.
5: Of course, Troy. How are you, Troy? Good to hear I'm you. i
0: wonderful. Good to hear from you again. How's everything going?
5: Everything's going great, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to drop my third reference, but I remember when we first spoke over the phone, that um, I don't, I'd don't. i say virtually, but I wouldn't call this virtually. What is this, Neil? Is it virtually? What's what's the term?
1: Now you just blowing my mind. Uh,
0: Telecommunication-y? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah
5: telecommunication yeah, yeah. or whatever. We talked about your dog, too, right? Oh, so yeah. One,
0: yep, yep, too. You two. asked
5: me about what type of dog I want to get and what kind of temperament size, and we had a conversation during the park the dog. So Absolutely. I take since then, that was like last March, so we just got a puppy like two weeks ago. Awesome, and it's been awesome, but chaotic.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. What what did you end up getting, or did you get like a mixed so Or we
5: be- we believe in I believe in rescue, and I feel guilty being part of this. Um, I'm I'm, I'm gonna really pull a, a sideway move here, where I'm gonna <laughs> everything's about rescue here, and then we pulled the um with a villain that you know in the end of the movie where the villain just we we find out he's evil. I did Uh-oh. not go rescue route. Because my son has youngest son has asthma, and oh. I was selfishly just trying to think about uh, how do we make a dog work. Well, so we went with a breed of dog, which basically specifically a uh, Labadoodle, an Australian oh, nice. Labadoodle, which is very sweet, very nice dog. Doesn't doesn't appear to shed. She's very um, smart. We love her.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
5: Yeah.
0: Nope, that's good to hear. I remember. I do remember our last time and. Uh, that was one of our our topics.
5: Yeah. So, hope your dog so is doing you... well.
0: Oh, yep, yep. We got. I think we had the two last time. Maybe we only had the one. No, but... I
1: think you just had the one. I think. Oh, no, okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you might Yeah. Then right. we
0: got her brother. So now we have two.
5: Fantastic.
1: Yeah. I am Douglas.
0: You can always come and visit my dogs. I do. Uncle no, Neil, you can always yes. come
5: over. Mm-hmm. Doggy you guys not that far. So, so you, Neil, you excited? And Troy, you possibly coming to Boston Underground or what?
0: Not this year, but I'm hoping to make the scene next year.
5: Excellent.
1: I'm gonna make him go next year. Yeah, I'm dragging him.
0: He's not gonna tell I'm me. Dragging. He's just gonna bring me and say, "Okay, we're gonna go up and see a movie." <laughs> then four days later, I'll be like, "Holy shit, what happened?" <laughs>
5: You do go into a little bit of a cave there. Like there's a weird <laughs> thing that happens see in so many films that um when you walk outside you kind of react strangely, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, not, yeah.
5: So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this I did so a I did a film something.
1: film festival last year that was uh like ten days, I think. The and, Buffalo and, what and, uh, that? Yeah, Buffalo uh fantastic film. It's fantastic. It's a I
4: love oh, yeah, the, the so other guy yeah, runs yeah. yeah. It.
1: Yeah, but the, it's a very yeah. long name. I have to say, it's like the Buffalo Fantastic <laughs> Dream Festival. It's 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 too well, long. I, when you but I like when Yeah, yeah, Facebook. yeah. It's you supposed know. to be a great
5: festival. Oh, that's awesome.
1: It is, but on, by, by the by the end though, you are just kind of delirious. You're like, you know, it's like ten days of like ten hours of movies, and, but it's still a good time
0: though. Mm.
5: How many? That's a commitment though. We went the whole, the, whole, the whole time. Wow. Well, that's the part that I just can't get away with. That's So Boston Underground is typically the only sure. best one per year that I just, because of all the, you know, the crap I got going on with every, all the stupid, you know, the, the stuff, the commitments. Uh, it's hard to get out of the house now, you know, just mm. get out of the house, period, with little kids. So that's the only one that I get to kind of go for a bunch of days. Uh, one of these days I would love to go to, some of these other big genre festivals, obviously, like, you know, you know, there's a bunch of great ones I would love to visit, to, But it's hard, expensive, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I imagine it would be.
5: Yeah, I'd like to do so. Uh, I really
1: have a good time at the festivals. I'd like to do some more uh, this year, maybe some more of the local ones. I know you actually invited me some last year, but uh, last year I was. I was in and out of a lot of pain, which I found out was, you know, I had multiple uh, hernias. So uh, This year, hopefully, it'll be pain-free, so I'll make it out to some more stuff.
5: I'm happy to hear how well you're doing, buddy. You mm. uh, seem like you're much more healthier than ever, and its um, I'm happy for you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I feel much better, not just physically, but mentally. I'm feeling good.
5: That's awesome. That's
1: great. Yeah. So how many days did you say are you going to be – you're not going to be at all five days.
5: No both. well the thing about I say I want to emphasize especially because it's a, an uh, official broadcast for the world um you know 5 days I say that um just for my employers you know the festivals don't go on all day Wednesday Thursday and Friday so you you don't mind Neil, right. if I don't if I talk to employers as well here so it, it does not go on during the day I'm going to put in a full day of work Wednesday Thursday and Friday if my employees are listening sure. um, so, but after those days after if I'm putting in a full day the film mm-hmm. starts anywhere from 5.30 to whatever. So my mm. expectation and hope is like the last five years, I'm there five years. Worst case scenario, four. If I'm there three, I'll be depressed for a year, but I'm going to be there a lot. And that's, I, I, I love it. I, it's like my Christmas, that, that time of year. That just I, um, Between the people and the films and the parties, karaoke party especially, uh, the relationships, the network, you know, I hate to use the word network and I feel so nauseous. that came out of my mouth, but just like you get uh-huh. to know people that in the traditional sense, you know, definition of networking, I've made stuff with so many people from Boston underground film festival. So in that sense, I'm going to mm-hmm. use that word networking. Um, and you know, you never know who you could meet. You never know what that meeting could turn into. I'm not, you know, that's mm-hmm. not the expectation for me, but it's just, it, you know, sure. it, it's summer camp for me. But, uh, you know it's, it's kind of fun. It's exciting. Some of the people I work with, like Timothy Fife last year, and that guy worked on some really talented folks' productions, and it's such an honor that I had any affiliation with that dude. And it's only because of me going to Boston Underground, and him thinking, all right, that schmuck probably maybe he's not that bad. He didn't probably see myself, uh, but uh, because of my affiliation, I'm, he was lucky. I was lucky enough to kind of have him score my film last year, Tiny One. So. It's, that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a great, great, great um, experience, area It's my Christmas.
1: Yeah, I mentioned this recently. Well, both of us, uh, me and Tim Fife, on uh, on Facebook. Uh, it was like six years ago. Uh, uh, his um, his partner, and uh, let's be real, uh, Bunny Wonderland, invited me to to uh, interview um, Lloyd Kaufman at uh, at their event, and so I went there and did the interview, but. Timothy fight didn't like no, and so he was just wondering why this this random dude just showed up and like starts interviewing like his guests like on their stage. But uh, and then uh, I don't I don't think I remember him like not really liking me at the time. But then uh, years later we we not like he was like get the hell out of here. But he, I think he was just confused why I was there. But uh, huh. but we became friends. It was, yeah, it, kinda like kinda, kind of like who says
4: yeah? Dude. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is
5: yeah it's a fun time i mean I, I if um you know if i was like i won the lottery or if i was retired i would love to go to all the big ones and go to all, all the you know many of them hopefully all the small and medium ones it's it's so much fun you know it's, it's you know yeah yeah Part probably i don't know if you agree Neil and troy but it there's a sad part of my me that thinks that film's a little bit of a dying out and i say it like it's a dying out in the sense that um not talking even about my next generation, like my kids are still into movies, but you just worry about, you know, 30, 40, 50 years from now. And so you kind of just, we might be, you know, the last folks in a lot of way and, you know, generationally. Um, so, so you got to kind of maintain these communities. And as long as these communities are going and they're relevant, we can, you know, it, it's alive. And then, but it, but without the, I don't think without the communities, it will stay alive kind of, you know, just because of yeah, the way technology is like, going.
1: Yeah, especially, like, if you talk about, like, th- watching movies at the theater, because it is, you know, going all to, to streaming. And, and
4: uh,
1: I always get depressed when I see people on Facebook, like, when they're like, I hate going to see a movie at the theater. And uh, to me, is no, I mean, I've watched plenty of stuff at home, stuff, but if given the choice, there's nothing like watching a movie at the theater. Well, I think...
5: You know, there's obviously situations where we all are guilty of saying, you know, I'd rather stay home and watch it. But, um, you know, it means I think we all got to step up our game. And I say all meaning like uh, folks that own theaters, uh, filmmakers, everybody. You got to give people a reason to get out of their house. And in some cases, it's the product on the screen. In some cases, it's the experience, whether it's the festival or whether it's, you know, um, I am a nice with legs. Did you ever see that movie now?
1: No. I like the name. So,
5: oh my god, you need to seek this movie out. It's one of my favorite comedies and I'm lucky enough to say that um in 2015 when the first time I had ever entered or shown up at a festival of gone or had any affiliation when Manicon played there, uh it opened for um his uh, Bennett Jones's film I Am a Knife with Legs, which is a feature-length surreal crazy comedy. It was such an honor. It felt similar to mine, but I don't even want to say that because it, it's so good. But, um, you know, a film like that, it's like the crowd, you know, the crowd's going crazy, and it's, there's something there that's hard to put a finger on. I mean, that's the real thing. And, and when then you got other movies like The Rocky Art Picture, so there's certain films that have, like, um, you know, whether it's, sometimes it's a camp element, whatever it is, a participatory element, but, I think mm-hmm. folks got to think outside. I hate to use that word too, outside the box. But like, think of ways to make it unique or make it interesting. Um mm-hmm. In some cases, it's because it's really bad, like the room. But you know, but it, but you watch like freaking that guy still selling out screenings across the country with that silly film. And yeah. you know, you can make fun of the movie, but there's an experience and there's a society. You know, there's literally a society around that movie now. Uh, mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to, those societies don't have to be reserved around bad movies. They can be reserved, you know. You can build that around, you know, le, you know levels of quality.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. I was not, you know, my, you know, I can't put myself in that camp. That's you know, I'm more in the room camp. But I'm saying for other folks, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: and there's something about watching uh, something with a group of like-minded people, and you, you know, you're all sharing the same experience, and it really adds to it.
5: God, yeah. Well. The reality is, is um, I mean, you know, online you you have these experiences because, you know, we're all – I think the three of us are old enough to remember a time where there really was no shared online experience, you know, when on, you know, when we were, I'm 44 years old. And for a great majority of my life, there was nothing. So you either met these people in your life or most likely you didn't. And so, the, you know, there was – in my case, I didn't have anyone that I could really – talk to or not, there was no one i didn't even know where to begin but I, I like you know like any culture or town sports was the the big thing so you know people like movies but that was you know i felt like i i was really geeking out and almost i had a pain in my heart because i liked them so much and i wasn't doing anything about it but like i didn't know what that was and then all of a sudden you find you don't really find like-minded folks like that typically the internet no. helped but then these festivals um it becomes you know they become real relationships and you get to know people and you know in some cases form friendships and you know um creative partnerships you know mhm mm-hmm. so uh
1: are you going to sing karaoke this year
5: so yeah my karaoke um this will be my I've been to Boston underground 5 this is my 5th year in a row um uh, going and um uh, my 3rd year in a row doing karaoke and I am, uh, I'm definitely, my, my karaoke is very much similar to my films. It's um There's not a lot of quality going on. There's a lot of, <laughs> and there's a lot of um, performance that maybe you could say. It's, it's um there's uh-huh. there's not a lot of talent is all I'm saying, but, um, but I will, um I'll give it all I got. I'll give it all I got.
1: Yeah. See, I don't know a lot about karaoke. I've done it only a few times, but I do enjoy it. If I did a an encore of my last year song, is that like looked down upon? Are you supposed to always do ha! something new?
5: You know, <laughs> I think uh, I think you should. If you go, I think that's a smart move because there's a lot of the folks won't be there, and you you killed uh-huh. and you crushed it. So, um, you give them the hit, but then you gotta you gotta get out of your comfort zone and try something new. Ah,
1: yeah, uh, yep, all, yep, right, all right. I see what you're saying. Yeah.
5: You, you earn the folks that have you know. You gotta, you gotta get the folks in the room on your on your side there. But it is a very <laughs> accepting crowd. Um, they're very warm, um, and they've put up with my bullshit at these at these carriers because <laughs> I kind of make a mockery a little bit. But they've been really kind.
1: Yeah, this is a true story. Not I joke when I last year. I Also went to London for Fright uh, Fest, a uh, convention, and wow, like three people, awesome. three people came up and told me that they loved my. Uh, Monster Mash at Buff, and I was you're kidding like, me. Three bizarre.
4: people from England. Yeah, That's yeah. wild. They
5: well, we had it on their Instagram page, <laughs> didn't they? <Boston laughs> Underground put it on their Instagram. Yeah, yeah, didn't that's they? awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I, well, I assume they were at Buff. Maybe actually they did. Maybe they watched it on there. But either way, I was like, wow, it's very bizarre. But that's it made me happy. Happy. made me happy. Made me Yeah. So, do um, your kids
5: help out on uh, on this one. They did, yeah, so, um I have a nine and seven year old there um I mentioned earlier, I came from a community that was very sports focused, and I was uh creative I did like sports, so there's a part of me, you know i, I movies is my first passion, uh but you know, growing up on the south shore of Massachusetts, I played sports, so I kind of wanted my kids to play sports for a lot of reasons, but for the most part, they could care less, um, and so they love they're very creative themselves, they love to draw, they love to make stuff. And in this case, um, my oldest helped me with the, an idea for, um, the end of credits. Like, I don't know what they call that. Like the end of credit, like a Marvel movie does, like the end of nice. credit scene. Yep. Um, so he actually threw out an idea. I didn't have any plan on doing anything, but he came up with that. So I gave him some additional writing credits, my nine year old. And then my seven year old helped with puppetry in a couple of the shots. And he was excited to help. Um, I typically try to get all of my kids, well, Paul. Plural two of them. I get, I try to get them involved in every one of them if I can. Um, you know, like most of them, either whether it's acting or whatever, I, I put them to work. They like it though; it's fun.
1: Hmm. I hope to one day be in a uh, in a Jim McDonough movie.
5: I would love to have you, Neil. the the, right. the problem is, is like when I talk to people about this, just know it could be like in two months, or it could be my snail pace. It could be two years. Like I, I make one thing a year right now. I hope you're in this one. I have no idea what it is. We, uh, we got to right. talk, though. Uh,
1: all right. Yeah, I would definitely like to do this.
5: I got a lot of ideas.
1: I would, I would have a lot of fun. Yeah. Bad. That's all right. But they're all good, too.
5: <laughs> it's like, um, I guess maybe that good, bad, that kind of when you pull a nose hair out, you hate it, but it's like there's a weird sensation <laughs> I know
1: exactly what you mean. I have a... <laughs> I don't know what that they says kind about cry me. A yeah. Bit.
5: Sometimes
1: yeah. the hair comes out a little bit. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you, there will be, like a little bit of a root, like uh, when, <laughs> when you pull the nose there up. Ooh. Which, which I, I hear is not. It's not supposed to be good for you. You're supposed to cut them, but yeah, I like that. I pull them out. Yeah, I guess they grow back not, like thicker. I don't, I,
5: don't, I don't. You know, I'm not saying I like it. I'm not like a you know a weirdo like you. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. I like, can. I. You know. Like, listen, my films are very much a niche audience, just like people uh-huh. like to pull their nose hairs out, you know, and, and get right, 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 po- right. you know, a podcast. Yeah, podcasts. yeah.
1: I, I, I probably was going a little too far with it. But, yeah, it's something ah. I really, I really.
0: Yeah, enjoyed. we didn't know you were passionate about yeah, this. Yeah. You know, there are those no. that, you know, kind of like the pleasure pain thing of the pulling the nose hair. And then. Yeah. This, uh, you real freaks, you know. get together at your conventions. I'm,
1: and... I'm like I'm like Belushi in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, who is going for the root canal
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: <Awesome>. yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray. And was Bill Murray. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I knew it was somebody.
5: Jack Nicholson. So Neil, Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, instructor. It's a just No, all right. All of a sudden, I'm, like, cutting you guys off. Sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> ah, sorry. It was nothing important. So.
1: <laughs> what were you going to say?
5: I was going to say, did you, um have, in this situation where you have access to screening the films, but you know you can mm-hmm. go see them next week, are you watching some of them in, at home right now, or are you waiting <laughs> to see them?
1: The way I plan out, because I would prefer to see them at, at the theater but uh, currently, I'm scheduling some interviews. So if I schedule an interview, I would like to watch it at home so I could prepare for the interview. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if not, I would prefer to watch it uh, for the first time on the big screen. So have you I seen like a lot of things movie. yet? Uh, no, I haven't. But I actually, yours, well, I saw QuickBait, I've seen it before, and I saw your thing. But I've got, uh, I'm going to be watching... Um, Hell Satan, because I've got an interview yeah. scheduled with uh, Penny Lane, the director, and another one I'm, I'm forgetting at the moment. Uh, da, 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 da. What was it? Let's see here. There might have been Mope. No, no, no. It was um, Happy Face, Happy Face. I'll be watching that probably uh, tomorrow.
5: Awesome. So I'm actually um, I'm rather surprised that you didn't cancel uh, tonight's live podcast um after seeing my or at least cancel my portion after seeing mine <laughs> no. it
1: was already scheduled so it's not right it was already I scheduled got it yeah. got
5: it no
1: i i have i i've really had a lot of fun watching all your stuff it was funny actually troy and i were at um what's the craft store and michael's
0: oh yeah yeah
1: michael's yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, and, and I walked by the uh the house, and I was like,
5: "That's the house from Tiny mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: He was all excited about it, and the people ah. there were looking at it it's like, "What the hell are these people talking about?"
5: That's a riot. Well, yeah, you guys, Seinfeld in the show.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. If so. what, yeah,
5: yeah. Kramer did his ridiculous, uh, like ridiculous, like tour, which was based on the real Kramer who would do a tour. It's so matter uh-huh. but. So there's, you know, the, the, for for those folks, the, the the young kids don't even watch Seinfeld, unfortunately. Now and Troy, it's really depressing to me. But yeah, I saw that like old, they say it's problematic. Some of them are is like, problematic. I get it, but a lot of it's still fun and funny. Sure. Oh, but yeah, sure. um, there was where was I going with this? Can you help me train my thought? But the, the tour, oh, I, something I,
1: about uh, was the 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 tour for uh, the Kramer, Kramer. Oh, yeah.
5: tour. So the real there's a they based Kramer off a real guy, and Kramer would give a tour. The real Kramer would give a tour of like all the things that he did as Kramer and are supposed to be absolutely ridiculous. So then of course in a meta style, they did an episode where the Kramer has a tour of all the things that Kramer does and whatever. Um so yeah, so when you go through Michaels you can get the McDonough crazy tour of all and you know you you know you <laughs> can you know it's true story. So I've made a lot of weird films. Um in in the town of Hanson that I live in There's two situations where I almost got arrested for making my silly things. One of them, (laughs) I didn't almost get arrested per se, but it was it was no trespassing. If I got caught, I would have been arrested. It was an old psychiatric hospital in Hanson, or they almost ghost hunters came and they Mm -hmm. I don't know they didn't do the episode, but it's like this whole old hospital and you. I I wasn't like a um, like I never got in trouble as a kid. I wasn't the type of person that would just kind of, like, show up there and, like, cause trouble. But as a grown-up making a movie, in the year 2012, I want to say, I was, um I got asked by some buddies in Australia to participate in a sketch comedy show where I would make six one-minute episodes. And I decided to make it on a serial killer who traps, like, his kidnapping victim. And he starts, like, Picking the part, guy apart and selling it as beauty products. So, for example, <laughs> you know, he, he pulls the guy's hair off, and he's selling natural hair, not fake hair. And okay. Then, you know. So each episode, he you know he's doing torturing the guy and then selling it. So I wanted this guy to live in a weird place. So I, you know, I never got in trouble growing up, but I sneak into this hospital, um, and you know, take video and make my thing there. So I got away with that. And because I got away with that, I got cocky. And then uh, a couple episodes later, and it's called the Digby Thurlow show, it's on the YouTube. Um, you know, it's it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it's 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 my kind of you know, if you're into my stuff you might like it. But so I make the last episode in another house and I found this abandoned, burned house in Hanson. I shouldn't probably say that. But this town I found this house. Mm-hmm. And I uh, decide I want to have one of the episodes, the character, the serial killer in the in the show, whatever it is, um, to be in this house. So I go park my car near the house, and I start filming in the house, and then I get out of the house, and all of a sudden, you know, I live in Hanson. It's like it's the south shore. It's a, it's, it's kind of like a farm town, but it's not like I'm not like I don't even want to say, it, but it's not it's it's not like it's a farm town, but it's not that Boston, Boston, but it felt like all of a sudden it was deliverance. And these two guys come up to me and they're like, well, what you doing in that? House? And they all, <laughs> there's no Boston accents. All of a sudden they're right out of deliverance. And I don't want to like, you know, so they look like the, the characters and, and, and i I'm the one that's wrong. Cause I just spent, you know, 45 minutes filming in this abandoned burnt house. And I can't justify that. So I just say, listen, I'm making this stupid movie and I don't know, like it's going to be an Australian vi by, by the way, Australian community access, by the way. I'm not it's like it's not like this is NBC of of, of Australia. This is literally community access <laughs> of Australia. So uh, they're, you know, they're saying, well, what you doing? They don't believe me because it's a weird story to tell. And keep in mind, I got this weird big mustache I'm pulling off and like a, a yellow turtleneck. And it's this guy, this character that I'm playing. It's really ridiculous looking. And they're giving me a hard time. So I think it's over. I talk my way out of it. I go home. And then um, with you know, I start uploading the footage onto my computer. And then I hear a big knock on the door. And it was the police. Um, and luckily, I know some of the cops that they were able – the cops were able to talk to each other. And know that it was – they didn't, like, think it was okay. They said, never do it again. But they mm. knew – Luckily, because I, I, um, you know, the, the cops I know, some of them know that I make these stupid things, and they were able to verify that I wasn't like trying to do damage the house. Didn't make it okay, but they weren't gonna uh-huh.
0: arrest. Right, right. So
5: That's
1: better. That
5: anyway. was nice. That was yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, how long have you been uh, making
1: your, your stuff?
5: Well, you would think I'd uh, have you know I get the hang of it at this point, but it's been since um. <laughs> 2008 range. Uh-huh. Um, so again, though, keep in mind it was so organic. Like I mean, it was organic in one way, like in the sense of the t- the skill I was skills I was bringing to the table. But the guy that I, so I, I think I probably shared the story before. I was I, I had a little digital camera, and I mm-hmm. was shaking it, and um, I realized after the fact it looked like it was an earthquake. So I made a stupid. I just spent, you know a little time writing this idea of a superhero parody of a guy who like when he looks at the sun he can cause earthquakes and so he developed his powers over this stupid seven minute video and it's so over the top and it's intentionally ridiculously bad like cliche you know he, he drives into toxic waste and that's how he gets his mm-hmm. dumb superheroes so it's really ridiculous but i i had fun doing it and i just gave it to so where the i'm not like a religious guy but like the, by the grace of god one of my good buddies was a uh, a film school grad and he's super smart super talented super creative and I basically gave him all this ridiculous footage and he made with like sound effects and stuff he made a thing that was really it elevated my crap sandwich you know and it was really <laughs> funny and stupid and so it kind of steamrolled something so we started making things and unfortunately um you know, so this guy was like is a brilliant guy he's um, a good friend of mine He's he would typically edit or help direct or direct, but we don't make as many things together anymore. I haven't made anything, you know, we made one called um the ultimate tear, which is worth checking about, but I don't know if you saw that one, Neil. About I don't um think so so it's about a guy who's looking to surf the ultimate wave and he finds out mm-hmm. it's all let me let me back up a little bit. So Full House is in the news, right? Because of um what's her name? The Aunt Becky, is it Aunt Becky? Who Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So there was I was sitting watching T V and um, Full House is on. I don't watch Full House, per se. My kids somehow found it, and they like it. But I'm, Full House is on TV. And John Stamos is having like a conversation, because I think Uncle Jesse is leaving the house. And Mary-Kate Olsen, you know, or the sister, whoever it is, I can't, you know, who knows. They are crying because Uncle Jesse's leaving, because I think he's getting married, believe it or not. So Uncle Jesse's really sad, and a tear slowly falls out of his eye. And it was... You know, I don't know much about John Stamos acting, but it was a perfect kind of like the way they got the tear going or where maybe they got, well, I don't know. It was impressive, but it was so cliche, so ridiculous. I figured I can make a movie about that tear dropping out of his eye. I didn't know what I could make, but I knew I could make a movie. Now granted when I have ambition like this, it does not translate to mean I can make a good movie, but I knew <laughs> I could make a movie. So me and Bobby, this is the last thing we made together. Unfortunately, we don't make more things together. Like uh, About two years ago, one night, in the spirit of how we used to make things, we'd think of the idea and we'd make it that night and he'd edit it that week and it'd be done in a week. That's how we used to make them. We made, made like 50 films. Films, we on the videos. Um, 50 things, whatever you want to call them. A big, large majority in the early days especially, like he, we'd make it in a week. Whereas this one was in that spirit, we shot it one night. We, I said, Bobby, all I got is John Stamos's tear. That's all I got. So we worked one idea or the other. The one idea was like I was gonna have a bucket, and those tears would cause rainbow. I don't know. I knew, you know, because John Stamos is obviously almost like a mythic figure. How you know, <laughs> goddamn good looking he is at this point. Uh, he's defying science, and he's um. It, so you know, his tears have to have some kind of healing properties or something. I don't know. So I, we were turning one over idea than another. The best we came up with in one night was that uh, a surfer dude who's looking for the ultimate wave wants to ride the Stamos tear. So I don't want to give away more than that, but that's what that one was about. So the last thing I made with this with this guy is was was that called the ultimate tear. It's worth checking out on YouTube um, if you want to be disappointed. Um, but yeah, so that's how we kind of organically started kind of just. Fooling around, we called the channel Friday Night Films because it would literally be Friday Night. We'd be, you know, three guys just being ridiculously silly with, at that time, cell phones occasions. And then it became little digital elf cameras. And then that became like a little camcorder. And then there's a DSLR that I used for like the last almost, you know, five or six years. And then I thought I could use the new iPhone because Steven Soderbergh. Is making his movies on the iPhone 7, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, fly a bird. His last one, I think was shot on the iPhone 7. And then, you know, Tangerine, everyone's making freaking movies with their iPhone. So I think I can make a movie with my iPhone. Um, I owe you one banana and two black eyes. I tried to literally make my new one on the iPhone X, uh, with the new one thinking instead of buying a new big DSLR, which I made all my last ones. Bottom line is we're not there yet. And if you see the film, um, uh, I, um, I think it's fun and ridiculous and I'm excited about hearing people's reaction, but the cam, the, the iPhones are not there. So, in my opinion, and maybe if you're Steven Soderbergh and you got a huge crew, well, he doesn't mm-hmm. work that big, but if you got equipment and whatever, you can make it work. But if you're by yourself and you're making stupid, silly things and you're in green screen, and you're ba- it's not the iPhone. There's no, my opinion, there's no camera phone that's there yet, at least for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my buddy says you've you just put a coin in the jukebox here, and I'm not saying any of it's going to be interesting. But you asked the question. I apologize. I take a million left turns. I'm really no, it's
4: I'm, interesting. Yeah. I like it.
1: Yeah.
5: Um, are, are there any uh, particular things you're looking forward to at Buff?
1: Boston and an Grand Film festival,
5: festival. Well, um, the beyond selfishly, my block because it's always exciting. Sure. Can I, I'm going to spend like a second on my block, and then I'll talk about, um, you know, in less narcissistic selfish terms um so this is my fifth year in a row fifth film at buff um since i had Manicom play there in 2015 and um it's played Manicom played in front of a feature and this uh, my new one's playing in the comedy block for at 4:15 on saturday um, from my understanding, it's opening the block, which is exciting to me. I don't know why I think that it's fun, but the opening is important to me. But for some reason in my head, mm-hmm. it's, it's important. Um, the closing film, I want to say it's, it's Astron 6, so guys, um, the guys, the le- yeah. legends of Boston, all those guys.
4: Yeah. This,
5: yeah, this film played at um, Sundance. And uh, that's mm-hmm. closing the block. I'm really excited. I think it's is it, is it Child Boys, it's called. Yeah, yeah yeah so the so there's a lot of stuff in my in the block i'm in that i'm excited about the hail satan one you mentioned looks very interesting there's um fascinating um of course clickbait which my friends Mm -hmm. michael and sophia which is um i'm dying to see it um i i actually maybe i should have shouldn't say this but i got to see a tiny bit of it early on and uh it's my i've seen all their stuff and this is um this is I'm really excited about it. I can't wait. So that's Wednesday. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, Homegrown Horror, which is my favorite block of the year that's not my own. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, um, I think we talked about this the last time, and we specifically talked about this block. Um, the cool thing about the Homegrown Horror is, as we talked about last year on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, Horror is the most commonly made independent, jo- it's not, I say the independent local scene. I'm talking anywhere from my movies that are budget of the film is 50 bucks. All the real budget goes into like the poster design and the, uh, the film festival submissions. That's like 99% of the budget. And there's $50 that goes to the film. So anywhere from $50, to $10,000 in New England. Uh, my opinion, seven out of time, 10 times it's a horror film, just because I think a lot of filmmakers by nature love horror. And, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, horror can sell if you make a feature that's, um, Really cheaply made. It can, in theory, sell internationally. Comedy is kind of the mm-hmm. opposite of that. Typically, it doesn't sell internationally. It's really a, um, regional. Um, there's not a lot of local folks attempting to make comedy, um, but there's a lot of folks making horror. So when you look at the homegrown horror block, it's a really, it's really all of New England's best. And Andrea um, has got a new film coming out this year. She had, uh, she's a friend of mine. She's made a ton of great things um, in the homegrown horror. Um, my same buddy that um, made the music video, JB Sapienza, him, Dan Wilder, and Dan, uh, John Karen, um a few others. They have a film playing, Mercury Scream, that's playing in this block as well. Um, so JB, I'm calling him. Would um, know, you? What the? You know, you said Black Mirror for idiots is what you said about myself. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. JB Sapienza
5: yeah. is like Bo Jackson for idiots, like he's or um, you know, he's got two films playing in two totally different styles uh which is kind of cool like he's got mine which he helped do the notes on in the sense of giving me ideas when i was making the video but he also literally made the, the song and then he helped make with dan wilder a film called mercury screams that um is in the um, the um hometown horror block as well so the hometown horror should be a lot of fun um this i'm, I'm sure i'm gonna miss him izzy lee's got a uh short that i can't wait to see izzy lee's um is a local horror uh filmmaker that was out in california while well, we're excited to have her back uh she's got she typically makes horror last year was a little bit of horror comedy she's got one that um i'm super excited about because kind of in my genre i'd like to say weird and surreal and crazy i think it's something about the chicken apocalypse something maybe a little bit um kind of very
1: yeah strange. it's the, obliter- the obliteration it. the obliteration of chickens
5: yeah, that's so up my alley. Considering my video is about the animal apocalypse, the upcoming one in 2021, it's, uh, it seems kind of feels, feels similar. Um, and I'm excited about it. So, yes, yeah, sh- her film is playing in front of a feature. I'm actually forgetting the feature right now. It's playing in front of, um, but you know, my thing with Buff, it's almost like I don't do a ton of research on, on the other films and I just go in blind and, um, every, every other day of the year, I'm wicked picky when it comes to a movie because of all the time I don't have. So mm-hmm. when I'm like going on demand, when I'm, especially when I'm going to the movies, I'm the pickiest son of a bitch. And I want to like read like five, not a thirty reviews, but like, I want to go to people I trust and just get a snapshot of what they think. Not saying I'm going to base, base my whole opinion on that, but just t- my time is so limited, especially when I'm trying to make things with all the stuff I got going on. When it's a film that I'm at home, I'm going to see non buff time of year. I'm super picky, but with Boston Underground, uh, Nicole McContras, Kevin Monahan, and, and, you know, their team just programs the most amazing, crazy, off-the-wall, awesome stuff, and I know that it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to watch – I'm going to go into all of them, in some cases, most cases blind, and I know I'm going to be blown away. And it's kind of fun. There's no experience like that I have now in my life where I just walk into something without really knowing too much. And then I walk out changed, and um you know it's part of the many things that I love about this week coming up between you know the films uh, you know the people in terms of the filmmakers, but also everyone that runs it and programs it and volunteers um and the you know the few people that the audience that comes are the, the they're all the same folks that are we are they're all just people that love making stuff they're probably you know most of them are creative themselves, musicians, they're making their thing, whether it's music or their own art, it's just a fun. Perfect location over at the historic Brattle Harvard Square. It's a great, great. You know, I don't know about you, Neil. When you when I walk through that area, maybe this is where I get a little weird. But I do feel energies, and like that area is, um, it's just crazy when you think about the history of Harvard Square. um, You know, both culturally, you know, creatively, the arts, politics, civil rights, everything. It's it's um, maybe I'm probably I probably just imagine this stuff, but you just feel um. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm looking around and I'm imagining things. I have a creative imagination. But I feel the energy in in that area and I, it's um it's always fun every year.
1: Yeah. No, no I have a great time too. And it is a cool area.
5: Uh what what are some good places to eat around uh that area? I'm gonna really bore you, but ever and this goes back before Boston Underground Film Festival, but I love uh the Border Cafe. Um and it's they I think I'm not like a franchise guy, and I think there's two of these, but it's mainly because their margaritas are ridiculous um i have a I don't really drink that much anymore um but i have a i, I, I so I don't even like really drink, but I have a margarita problem, so if uh-huh. you put me in the border cafe I'll just swallow them down um and they have great food as well so and then you know there's a ton of local bars uh in that area, just as far as um you know fun places to hang out and you know they do a lot of like um Parties and stuff in the area, but as far as uh, you know, all the places around there, you know, have you ever been to um? What's the, I'm I'm forgetting the name of it, the uh John. It's like a. I'm 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 sorry, I'm not helping out on the restaurant front, but there's good spots there. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. I just walk, I just take chances, and it's always good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like to do that too. Check out uh just little places. You never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: for sure, man. Yeah.
1: So, uh, how, you know, you mentioned YouTube a few times. How do you find your stuff on YouTube?
5: So the easiest thing, sorry for that background. All right. Uh, the easiest way, and I, and I feel like a broken record, um, and I always, all right, can I, I'm a tangent guy. Can I go on a quick tangent? Of course. And I'm going to, I'm going to connect the dots and I'm going to stick the landing. So, um, man, all right. So, Oh hold on man man my A D T. Alright, so I said I'm gonna go on a tangent. You ask me how do you find it. Okay, manicon. Uh, so I oh, oh yeah, I'm say Now I know now I remember the tangent. We <laughs> make fun of one hit wonders, right? That's a principle we'll uh, hear. Right. We make fun of one hit wonders because there are bands and, and like oh they only had that one hit. In my opinion, that's such a bullsh you know, that's that's crap because it's so hard to make anything. We all got so much going on. It's so hard to make anything. Never mind make something that connects to anyone. So if you make a hit, whatever it is, that's a fantastic thing that you should never be ashamed of. And the fact that people who are probably miserable in their life working sadly, and I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying a lot of us live, you know, quiet lives of desperation, I think is the term. And, you know, they probably don't have creativity in their life, which is sad. They don't have outlets, and they just make fun of one-hit wonders. Good for anyone who's had one hit. That's a, that's a blessing. It's fantastic. So, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with the one-hit wonder. And having said that, I'm probably going to just go in a long explanation to defend myself here. But I think I've had one hit, so I just gave you a long explanation to rationalize <laughs> why I don't have a problem with one-hit wonders. I think I've had one hit. So my uh-huh. one hit was probably Manicon And Manicon, and I feel weird always talk bringing up Manicon anytime I talk anyway, but I guess the reason why I always bring it up, it's the easiest to find. You can find my channel. You go to YouTube and you search Manicon. It's about a man who turns into a unicorn man. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I think I'm always kind of trying to equate to Manicon with my stuff. And maybe, t- like, I think Tiny Clones last year was the closest I've come, and maybe this one... Got there, I hope. I don't know. But Manicorn is the one that had the most kind of hits on YouTube about 33,000 views. Not that that means anything, but it's sometimes a barometer for something. It was featured on Ain't Cool News. It, um, it's the reason I became aware of film festivals because that was my first time I ever submitting, and it played at Boston Underground. And it, I was so fortunate enough that it won an award at Boston Underground. And um, so when I direct people to my channel, I like to just say, Search Manicorn on YouTube. If you like that, you'll, which you may or may not, if you like that, you're probably going to like the other stuff. If you don't like that, you definitely won't like the other stuff. But it's the easiest way to dip in. So it's a mm-hmm. five minute short about a guy who takes the wrong mix of cough medicine and he turns into a, a Manicorn unicorn man, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to give up much more than that. But that's, um, if you search that, proud to say it's typically the top of the list i'm embarrassed to say i thought i made up the word and there's a million other manicons and it's a whole other rabbit hole a lot of yes. weird stuff you can get into if you and i am not responsible for any of it except for the guy flying in space when you see the thumbnail the, the the screenshot um so the easiest way to find my stuff is you look manicorn on youtube um and then you can find my friday night films from there and that gives you uh we've made about you know 45 to 50 something things. I mean, it's a combination. Some of them, uh, you know, me jumping out my window in a snowstorm, that's only one of them. But the most of them are like, you know, green screen, um, story driven. But then early on, there was a lot of, you know, one minute sketches. So, you know, I wouldn't say I have 50 short films, uh, but there's 50 things on there. Maybe I have like 25 shorts. And that's a weird Weird. What what's a short, what's a video, what's a sketch. In some cases in my on my side it's it, sometimes it's uh some it's all of the above. Um mm-hmm. but I th- I used to make things more rapidly. Like I'd make three or four a year with all the stuff I go on got going on, but I put that much less time into each one. And now because the Boston underground, I'm always kinda trying to hope to make something that's a potentially premiere there. It's mm-hmm. The hope. And I've been very lucky the last few years. Um so now the kind of the routine is I make one a year. Unfortunately, I wish I could make more. I make one movie a year and the goal is to someday make a feature.
1: Do you have the i? do you have an idea for the feature?
5: So quickly enough, I have two ideas for a feature. One of them is a, is basically I'd make Manicor a feature and I have mm-hmm. talked that one around for a while. Basically I, I've got an idea. It wouldn't be a commercial parody like Mannequin is, but I got a, a thought process on how that would actually be a, a longer story. And the next one, um, I just want to throw a premise out there, Danielle, and maybe you can help me here. I, I personally right. think this one's pretty interesting. So, have you ever heard, are you a cat? Do you, have you ever had cats?
1: Oh yeah, I'm a cat lover, yeah.
5: So are you aware of the cat disease? The cat? People disease. sometimes get, what's that? No, I'm not. So, in some cases, um, all right, so there is a a bacteria that exists in cats that um it can only make the parasite, excuse me, it's a parasite, toxoplasma is the name of the disease, the name of the parasite. So there's a parasite that can only breed in a cat's belly, okay? hmm What ends up happening is the cat ends up pooping. So if the cat poops. And that parasite is kind of, excuse my language, uh, it's fucked because it can only mate in a cat's belly. So what happens? The typically a rat or a mouse will, even though they're afraid of cats, they'll find their way to the cat species and they will swallow this parasite. Now the parasite is now stuck in the rat's belly. So what does it do? What does it do? Nail, what does it do? So cat can only, and now most like a lot of species, whether it's humans or animals, uh, our intention of being here is basically, you know, according to Darwin is to reproduce and find, you know, ways to get your offspring out there. So this parasite can't breed unless it's in a cat belly. So it's in a rat belly. Now what it does is it, and this is all science so far. I haven't got to my movie idea. So the cat parasite is in the rat belly. What it will do is it'll actually take over parts of the rat brain this is true so it the, the, interestingly enough the part of the brain that takes over of the rat or the mouse is the part of the mat the mouse or rat brain that's afraid of the cat why does it do that because it wants it to be not afraid of cats which is it's you know it's it, it's instinct to be afraid of cats of course but if it's not afraid mm-hmm. of cats there's an opportunity where it it could end up in the cat's belly so it could reproduce. So when rats get toxoplasmosis, like I'm mispronouncing it, it's a real thing, look it up. It's why pregnant women, if you're pregnant, they try to keep you away from cats. So so when a rat gets it, it's in the wrong spot, it works its way out, and it tries to get back in the cat. However, they think there's 20 to 30% of the world population has this illness, and what does it mean in terms of mammals like us? Okay, so in the chimp and the human, they found in baboon community, if, if a baboon gets toxoplasmosis, mispronouncing it, it's no longer afraid of the tiger. So the tiger or the Bengal or whatever, the cheetah eats the the baboon because now it needs to get back in the belly. The parasite is literally controlling portions of the brain of the baboon. Okay, so when humans get it which is a significant percentage of humans have it. They believe there's a correlation between folks that have this. I have a feeling Michael Epstein, who is literally a scientist, if he's still listening, he's, uh-huh. he's, he's either in full agreement or he's losing his mind. I, I have no opinion on how Sophia is interpreting this. He's probably just laughing. I, they're probably already tuned out, but Michael's literally a scientist, so I'm not sure how he's feeling about how he's, what he's hearing so far. Well, anyways, so... In human form, they found that there's a high incidence of schizophrenia. Um, in men, women, there's a higher IQ. If you're a woman with toxoplasma, you typically will have a higher IQ. But the really interesting fact is there's a high percentage of folks that have motorcycle death accidents are high in toxinoplasma that have that illness, or these are parasites. I believe what gets into the human part of the brain, and it doesn't know what to do because it's not in the wrong spot. It, it, it can't really have a find a way to get back to the cat. But what it, they believe it think, they think they're more comfortable around cats, folks that have this. Um, the other part is they, they're more or less risk averse because, you know, in the term, in terms of, of mice or rats, the risk averse means not being afraid of the cat. In terms of human, there's a, there are a lot of motorcycle accidents and believe it or not, they think they a high correlation of Folks that start businesses, entrepreneurs, they found that high percentage of entrepreneurs, believe it or not, have this parasite. And the reason why does an entrepreneur have a higher percentage of having this parasite? Guy like myself, I'm in quote unquote business for my day job. I'm not mm-hmm. the type of person that can start a business because I don't feel, um, like what, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, I don't have the money to start a business. When I gotta to go to a bank and, and borrow their money, but what if I lose their money? I can't start a business. I don't wanna lose their money. Entrepreneurs don't think like that. When they start a successful company, it's their seventh company. They'll start one company, they'll lose some other people's money, they don't care. They'll start the next company. They believe there's a high prevalence of people with this par- this parasite in their brain because guess what? They're not afraid of the cat. So they think there's a high percentage of entrepreneurs that have this parasite because they're not afraid of the cat. I'm afraid of the bank aka the cat they don't care about the cat so what if what if like i'm inspired by get out and sorry to bother you like those films influenced me i love those both of those movies and i I feel like i feel like a connection to taking the theme of my idea I'm, i'm just giving this away to the internet so if someone else makes it it is what it is but the idea is silicon valley right the next guy, you know, they're always looking for the next guy who's going to be a millionaire and these guys are so desperate, they're so desperate to become the next whoever, Zuckerberg whatever. Some kind of company that, you know, someone's really desperate, maybe they've stopped their business is about to fail, right? The business is about mm-hmm. to fail and they they're looking on the they're looking on the wall and they see the picture of, you know, the first dollar they earned and the ribbon cut in. and they're about to sh- and they, they you know, the picture of their Stanford or wherever, business degree. And they're literally, they don't have that in them. They can't go for it again. And all their friends have got their business. They figured it out because they started five business. And then he sees this weird, creepy commercial on the TV for getting a injection to get the toxinoplasma. So the guy is desperate. He goes to get the shot, gets the parasite. But as we know from the fly, as we know from Get Out, we knew something's gonna go wrong. Well, I don't know. I don't know where I go from here. Does he become a tiger? Does he? I don't know. But that's what all I got, Neil. That's all I got.
1: I like now, it. Now that
5: was a long, like long it. explanation. Are you feeling it?
1: <laughs> I, I'm feeling it. I like it. I like it. Can I have faith in you. Uh huh.
5: Well, you know things are gonna go wrong. So you know every typically <laughs> uh-huh. every movie we see follows Joseph Campbell's myth structure. We see uh, a hero in a position of comfort, but they want something. And then there's an inciting, and, I mean, they all follow these beats. And I used to think these beats were ridiculous and stupid, and I want to make a movie outside of these beats. And then I realized you can take this archetype, you can take the structure, and you can mess with it, you can have fun with it, um, but you mm-hmm. should use it in some ways because we've been telling these same tales literally since the caveman paintings. And, you know, whether it's the Bible or the Quran, they're all following these beats. Every pop song follows these beats. Um, the, these story circles are everywhere, um, so you know you just take the story circle and you apply your ridiculous logic. It sounds so uh, like almost cheap, but then you hear stories and like this is like you know Bridesmaid. I love that film. Christian um, Wig. My understanding is like they studied the they studied the structures, and you know a lot of these films they literally study the structure and they make it their thing. Um, one person could say that's cliche. I don't want to study structure. I don't want to follow rules. I'm going to make my thing. That's fine. But I think as an audience, you can only get away with just abstract for the sake of abstract for so long. You gotta, you gotta engage the audience in whatever it is. It's in our DNA, DNA. We want it fed to us a certain way. You don't have to feed it the same way. You can subvert them. You can surprise them. You can do something different at every turn but they need to see some of those beats. They need to follow that archetype for them to, um, to just to pay attention to care. And I don't know why it's in our DNA, why every tale that's ever been told has it, but they're all there.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Name a film. I'll give you the archetypes, you know, Star Wars, you know, we see the you know, character position of comfort, but he wants something. And there's always a quest, but the hero refuses the call. I'm mean, sure you study this stuff, you know, it's fascinating, but it's almost yeah, one of those yeah. things. Once you learn it, you can't unlearn it. It's all there, and you kind of you deconstruct it, and you know every time you see anything, it's 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 kind of fun and maddening at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun to be seeing you. It's not not even a week away now. Next Wednesday, it's coming Wednesday. I can't wait, buddy. Yeah. I hope
5: to meet Troy someday, and I hope I didn't kill you guys with my rambling on. Uh, <laughs> you my, definitely my no, no, did No,
4: we not, enjoyed uh, that.
1: We, we enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so it's always fun to have you on. We should do it more than once a year.
5: Mm. A thousand percent, man. It's it's an, yeah. I mean, I feel honestly the year you had. Let me say this. So I, true story, I was um, I was bragging because, you know, I I I'm on a I me and my buddy Phil Haley, who I feel bad that I haven't mentioned because he's one of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. I met him through, well, met on through the met Film Festival. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Phil Haley and Michael Epstein, I'm going to get really, really, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me know if you got it. I got quick. You got everyone, everyone who hasn't already tuned out or hasn't already been turned off by all my BS is going to get really disgusted right now, but I, I'm not like, a, um, I haven't always been a corny dude like this, but like the certain people in my life where I meet them and, um, mm-hmm. I started noticing this in my, my point where you meet them the first time you meet them and you have a feeling you're going to be really connected and close to them. And, um, Yeah. So Phil's the guy I met the Boston underground film festival. We do a podcast together. And the moment I met him, I knew he'd always, you know, be a close friend of mine, but he's a, he's a filmmaker. He's a producer. We make a pod together, but we make it like there's election years. Like it's every four years basically. Uh Um, So Uh we make this pod together very, very, very rarely. Um, but my point was, my point was, what was I saying here? You know, this is bad. Does anyone, have you here to guess, is, is this ADD that just goes <laughs> on and on and then you can't remember?
1: Uh, I hope well, something not about person. Phil Healy and and, uh, and people that you meet, you know, right away you're gonna like.
5: Yeah. Um. So we did. Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm sure that's connecting to you. But like, the bottom line is, is, I connected to you last year at Boston Underground. We we did that pod. Um, mm-hmm. and watching the people that you've had through this year, um, from Larry Holmes to some of these filmmakers, to these yeah. actors, it's, it's honestly, you know, beyond the part I do with Phil, that's why I brought up Phil. Um, mm-hmm. it's been kind of surreal to see the stuff that you've done this year and see the, the guests that you've had. And I'm honestly honored and uh, proud to be a part of it. It's pretty cool. Uh, I, it's, um, kind of, um, crazy. I don't belong in the space of Larry Holmes, for example. Um, but it's fun to be on the same sh- on the same um, the same thing here. It's pretty cool. Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Always. It's a, it's pretty wild for me to and uh, to have you know all these different people on the show. Because last the beginning of last year, well, actually, all of last year, uh, I thought the show was great, but I had a lot of personal things, and the beginning of last year really was probably going to quit the show because. I won't go into it, but a lot of uh, terrible things. And uh, instead, though, you know, we did the show, and uh, and I think all I think it did pay off because uh, great guests and a lot of opportunities came up, and uh, probably just like guest wise, is maybe the best year of the show. I, I would have to think it was you know tons of. I'm well,
5: sorry to muddy the waters. <laughs> no 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 You're for me it's like list uh, of fun people. oh yeah no I, I think
1: it's uh uh as long as it's entertaining it's uh how do i say this i don't want to now i feel like i'm insulting you but uh, i was like not <laughs> really matter if it's, if it's someone who i like, like larry holmes everyone's gonna know or if it's someone uh you know who makes independent movies like crazy shorts about uh about uh, blue tiny clones and little houses, or or somebody like I grew up watching some kind of cult movie. Uh, it could be any of those, and uh, to me they're all equally uh, fun to do. Mm-hmm.
5: No, it's um, yeah, we all have our thing, right? And it's it is it is fun. It's um, no, it's it's cool. It's cool to see see you know, see you grow, man. I can, I'm sure it's gonna keep going. Thank you. Yeah, there is a lot of a lot of people though
1: lately that. I probably uh, didn't foresee ever interviewing and maybe not even kind of like my wheelhouse, but it's been uh, it's been fun to do. Awesome. I've been offered stuff stuff that I've turned down. Very bizarre interviews. (laughs) Like there was a guy who wanted to come on with who wrote the book Trump and the Jews. And like they even (laughs) put out all the questions for me to ask. It was like, uh, I was like, I have no interest in, uh, in doing this. Interview. So they
0: wrote the questions that you were supposed to ask?
1: Yeah, yeah. They wrote all the questions. And I was like, oh, that's I, insane. It's it funny because even the last one was like, where could people buy your book? And it's like, do they think I wouldn't I wouldn't ask that? Just <laughs> like I'm like a moron. Wow. <laughs> I've never had anyone before just write out all the questions they wanted me to ask.
5: So and I can't believe they got you got offered to well uh, I don't know I'm sharing too much of it's on your Facebook feed but they you got offered to pay, uh, they paid you money to say nice things right it was on those lines
1: uh, it was a different thing but yeah <laughs> it was, yeah it's very very bizarre a lot of uh, like a lot of great things uh, 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 but then very bizarre things as well that have come up which I haven't well, I'm accepted still
5: on stage, I'm still in that stage where it's people I'm ask you know people are asking me for money. Um, uh-huh. Versus the other way around, so it's all good.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah.
5: <laughs> which is very weird to
1: think that, like, uh, they would pay me to uh, uh, say something as like I'd be very influential that anyone would would be like, oh well, well he says it, I'm gonna <laughs> If go, well, nasty
0: kneels this. down with this stuff, then right. we'll take it.
1: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. but it's very uh, very cool to have you on, and we'll uh, do this again, and I'll see you next week. It'll be good times
5: can't wait now thanks so much thanks yeah
0: all right you take care of yourself great to hear from you
1: Boston underground film fest five days of good time. Come, all right come all oh,
5: come
0: you guys love a blast
1: oh yeah oh yeah all right. have
0: a good good night jim all right Bye. take care